You're listening to the Max Level Podcast for March 19th, 2018. For the definitive version of the show, be sure to listen through either iTunes or Google Play using your favorite podcast app of choice. On with the show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Max Level, a video game podcast found right here on Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always by the self-proclaimed king of Long Island, Frank. What's cracking, Max Levelers? Special Max Levelers, nice dude. Special shout out to Dance with the Dead for allowing us to use their music for the Max Level podcast. Everyone absolutely needs to go check these guys out and support their music. They can be found on Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, pretty much everywhere. Check it out, you won't be disappointed. Before we get into the episode, we want to let you know the following is brought to you by Technisport Gaming Chairs right there behind me. Are you in need of a new chair for your office, studio, or gaming space? Technisport is one of the leading manufacturers for gaming-related chairs. In fact, scholars have long debated the origins of the Pro Gamer series. The most common theory is that a mad scientist created the first prototype by crossing a racing car with the Lazy Boy. However, gamers claim to have known these creatures for thousands of years, and some streamers insist that they've always existed right here in cyberspace. Go to TechniesportUSA.com and use the offer code LDG, stands for Level Down Games. Offer code LDG to save 10% when making a purchase. If you're interested in helping us out here at Level Down Games, all of our affiliate links can also be found in the YouTube description box and all our videos, and in the description for our podcasts on podcast services. We've got Technisport Gaming Chairs, Amazon, Origin PC, and Razer. Thanks in advance for all of the support. Last but not least, if you don't currently subscribe to our YouTube channel or other podcasts, we got a lot of great content you may be interested in. Simply search Level Down Games on any podcast app of your choice to see a list of our shows, including Max Level, BG Mania, Glow, and Revisiting the Classics. We also have a YouTube channel that sees at least one new video uploaded to it daily, and again, that can be found by searching for Level Down Games on YouTube. We'd love to see you around more often in our community, and we'd also love to hear from you too. If you want to contact the show, feel free to send an email to maxlevel at leveldowngames.com. You can send us video game related questions and we'll try to answer them to the best of our ability. Suggestions for Kickstart My Heart or Are You Afraid of the Dark? General thoughts on the latest happenings within the gaming landscape? Or even questions specifically about myself or Frank? Any good questions received will most definitely be used in some form on the air during our show. On top of this, a cool thing we're going to start doing. If you subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Twitch, that's twitch.tv slash leveldowngames, and leave us a review on iTunes, we will send you one or two crappy Steam games from our ever-growing library of crappy Steam games. Here's the thing about Frank and myself. We like bad games. Remember Good Game, Bad Game? We want to start sharing our love of bad games with you, so if you sub to us on YouTube, follow us on Twitch, and leave us a review on iTunes, contact us through Twitter or maxlevel at leveldowngames.com, and we will send you one two or who knows maybe even more crappy steam games all right dude let's kick the show off the same way that we always do and that is with a recap of what we've been playing over the past seven days and i hear you may have played some bad games i actually purposefully played some bad games um like we said we were were amassing a collection yeah of just horrible steam games yes and I couldn't just throw these to the fans without trying to couple myself sure. to make sure that they truly were bad. I pulled out a gem. Okay, and, a gem, and, huh? a ter- and a turd. Okay, uh, a gem so, and a turd. A gem and a turd. <laughs> so technically, I played nine games compiled into two. Jesus. Uh, oh, okay. okay, I thought you were actually going to talk about nine games. No, here no, for a no, no. I would 
So the first one is called Cooking Academy Fire and Knives. It's the it's all the Cooking Academy games one, two, and three compiled together. Okay. Uh, so the official steam here is grab your oven mitts and don your chef's hat. Cooking Academy is the game that puts you in the kitchens of prestigious culinary school from egg rolls to pancakes to creme brulee. It's up to you to prepare over fifty different recipes. It was like a low budget cooking mama. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Um. Well, Cooking Mama had its charm on the DS, where you know you're doing a lot of like little things. You actually felt like you were chopping things with your stylus, with the stylus and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, and like using the motion controls to shake things up. This was all done on a PC with a mouse, so it lost a bit of its charm there. Probably not as easy either. I would assume. Not really. Like, not, not really. It was very clunky at times doing certain things. Uh, I do come from a cooking background. My fa- I've going back over, well over 100 years. My family's always been in the restaurant business. Um, these are legit recipes. They okay. are, they are, so, so if you were to follow along, you do have a good basis of what, how to do these things. Obviously, this being a video game, it is simplified because you, because you're making a game out of it. You know, it'd be boring to sit there and actually do every little thing. But uh, it's close. Okay. It's pretty close. Okay. Um, I have to say, this one was the turd, so to speak. Okay. Uh, okay. So, so, so this is not the this is not the gem that you no, found. No, no, it was not the gem. Now, um, did you play all three games in this collection? I did. I, I jumped through it just to see. Um, I'm, I'm assuming you thing. didn't finish any of them. So unless they're, finish it. Unless no, no, they're no, games no, that don't need to be finished. I don't know. I've never played they, don't need, they don't need to be finished. They're, they're just based in, you know, you, you have your appetizers, your this is, your that's is, and you can pick what you want to make. So I started with appetizers and work my way through. And I now, played do, for, you, do you get orders from people? Is it like overcooked no, where people it's, send it's, it's orders? Not, okay. It's not that, it's not that kind of thing. This one's okay. really just, okay. Uh, you're given dishes. Okay. And, uh, the dish, the, the way you do this, it, it's broken. The dish is broken into like maybe seven mini games itself. Okay. So part one might be uh, the slicing of an onion and chop, okay. chop, 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 chop. Now you have your. So you, you're doing your prep work. So you, you slice the onion. You'll crack some eggs. Uh, you'll, you'll 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 get all these things. Next one will be putting your ingredients in, and it'll be one of those. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to explain how the puzzle is. There'll, there'll be like something in the corner, say showing what the next ingredient is like blurred out and you have to kind of guess what it was and put mm-hmm. it all together. Mm-hmm. If you're wrong, it takes time. It takes points away from your score at the end. Okay. So you do that. And then, then the next part might be, you know, kneading it all together. So that, that, so that, so now we're kneading together all, everything we have. Uh, and the next might be forming a meatball. And then, then after, you know, and you'll guess with all your little mouse movements. Okay. Finally putting it into the oven and making sure you stop it at the exact time that the oven oh, is okay. ready. Okay. okay. So, so, so you're, you're doing all these little mini games, and then you're given points on the way, and uh, you have a target to hit. You either have to meet or exceed it to get a, you know, to get your five star rating or A plus rating. Okay, is this a is this a recent game or is this older? Uh, it's it's a compilation of older games from 2014 to 2015 or 16, I believe. So it's not uh, too t- it's not too terribly old. It's, a, it's only a couple it's years not old. Too terribly okay. old. Okay, but it's but it's but it's definitely a knockoff of Cooking Mama. Of course, not even of, a course, of, of course, of course, of um, course. And I felt like I said, I felt Cooking Mama did it a lot better. I've actually played a few games of Cooking Mama series mm-hmm. because at least that the game came with a charm and there, there's no there's no there's no visuals in this game. The music wasn't really there. It's okay. It was it was just eh. yeah a bad a, a, a bad game. <laughs> a bad game. Um. So uh, if I ever buy this pack again, I'll make sure I give this to somebody who really hates. You know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but the next game. What's uh, the gem? I, What's the gem? What's the gem? This gem is called Perfect Universe. Play with okay. gravity. Okay. Uh, so the, let's get. I'll give you the Steam description. It's it's follow the stories of three lonely characters as they strive to fulfill their potential in an absurd world. 
compete against friends in six sporting events set in gravity-defying arenas. The unique art style, surreal levels, and eclectic music blend harmoniously to create an experience unlike any other. Played solo, Perfect Universe is a chilled-out, relaxing experience. Okay. Played with up to four peoples, and will have you at the edge of your seat as you test your skill to the limit. So there were Be- six... Before you started saying this was a sports thing, I was actually going to ask you if this was an RPG, because it sounded like no, it when no. you first started talking about it. No, uh, so I said there, there's nine different... Uh, was it nine? It was six. Six. I lie. There's like there's more than six things here. There's, there's okay. six sporting events. Oh, okay, so, okay, okay, uh, okay, okay. So the first one, which I, I played... This is what I played the most of, was this, this one's called Perfect Moon. It's a platformer. Okay. Uh, and once again, the, the game is playing with gravity, so you're on these planetoids... So, you know, and there, there may be other planetoids as well. So you might say you're on a planet and there's a planet to your right, a planet to your left. If you jump, you're sucked into the planet, the next, you're sucked into the gravity of the next planet, and you're trying to figure out which way is up and down, and you're trying to collect gems within a certain time frame uh, to get a three-star rating to move on to the next level. Uh, along the way, there's hazards, there's spike traps, and if you one hit, you're dead. So it's, it's, all, it's all about timing and gliding your way through gravity. Super, super fun. Okay. Uh, um... The next game in there was called Moon Life, and it's um. Have you ever played uh, Quop? Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's it's, it's pretty much a Quop clone. Uh, okay. You play as an alien, and you're controlling his feet in this in Moon Gravity. Uh, really, it was really fun. Uh, I, I, Moon Life wasn't my favorite, but it, it was definitely fun. Like I said, I like Quop in general. Right. It's not a bad uh, game. It's not a bad game. No, no, not a bad game at all. Mm-hmm. The next one was really cool. It was a thrust like. It was called Starlight. Okay. And you're just you're just flying your rocket ship through the galaxy. Super fun. Uh, this is one of those. You know, like you said, you play it by yourself, and it's just a perfect chill out experience. I loved Starlight. The next one is the reason I even decided that I wanted to take this collection for myself and not give okay. it to someone else. Okay. Moon golf. Moon golf. It's okay. Inter- it's an interplanetary game of golf. That sounds really cool. With gravity physics, like yeah. So, so if, you shoot, if you shoot towards a planetoid, it might get stuck over there. So I, 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 those, are your, those are your traps and stuff. Yeah. Really cool. Now, where the game really hasn't charmed was I played some of these multiplayer games, and there's still people playing online, which is pretty cool. You can also oh, play wow. against AI. Oh, wow. Okay. So that, so there uh, is a community out there for this game. It's a, it's a small community. It took me a little while to get to a match, but still. Okay. Uh, Gravity Dodge. Four player. Is this dodgeball? Dodgeball. With crazy, <laughs> with crazy gravity physics. Okay. This sounds really cool, dude. I may have to pick this game up. I, I want you to play this game, uh, and it's, it's cheap to pick up on its own, or if you buy the bundle. I think I got this, I think I got this out of a dollar bundle, to be honest. Okay. Um, I had a lot of fun with this one. I didn't do too well at first, as you shouldn't when you start playing a game for the first time. Right. Uh, but I got good, and I like this game a lot. Uh, okay. The, the next game, pretty boring. It was called Balloon Pop. Oh, okay, just bowling. Just popping balloons more near one. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Rocket ball. Dude, football with rockets. Okay. Okay. All right. So it's not like so Rocket gotta, League, but it's, it's, no, it's not, yeah, because no, Rocket League is soccer and cars. So, yes. And this is, so, yeah, it's just rockets. It's, I can't even do it justice without you actually playing it, mm-hmm. but it's football with rockets. Okay. The next one, Moon Volley, obviously. Yeah. Volleyball. Volleyball mm-hmm. on a small planet with crazy physics and jumping around and diving. It's, Everything, everything in this whole collection, Perfect Universe, is based around alternate gravity and all these kinds of things. Okay. This one was frustrating to play, but fun to play. It's I, I'm making it seem like I don't like it. I really did like it. Okay. Uh, 
it, it was just frustrating because you're, you're you're so used to up is up and down is down, left is up, right is right. But when you're when gravity's pulling at you from like a forty five degree angle from the space, right? You know everything has to shift and pivot and. Now how it's are fun. how are the graphics in this game? Are they are they budget oh, it's, it's, or? It's black and white. Okay, 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 okay. Um, very artistic. The music is great. Okay. It's it's it's. I enjoyed myself every second. So of this game. so it's budget, but it's budget done good or budget done it's well. Budget, it's bu- yeah. budget done very well. Budget done well. Um, budget done well. The, the, the art style looks like it's hand drawn. Okay. Um, like I said, it's there, there. There was one level specifically I remember from Perfect Moon, where the the, pla- the planet is a regular planet, and. It's just small planets, too. like like the the size of your backyard. Okay. Okay. Turn to a sphere as a planet. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's a train going around, and you're trying to grab the you're trying to grab gems, but every time the train comes around, you get hit by a train. You're gonna mm-hmm. die. Uh, and if you jump high enough, you could like kind of get caught in the orbit and try to grab things around, but you, you still have gravity forking on you, so you're being pulled out. It's it was super fun. I really enjoyed myself. I um, I've almost finished Perfect Moon. I'm going to finish it probably in the next couple of days. Okay. Uh, the last game I, I was a uh, space race. Nothing too complex. It was just racing rockets. Oh, okay. Uh, kind of Mario Kartish, but not. This is just a standard racer. It's just okay. It's, it's a rocket racing. Uh, I did play a couple other games outside of these horrible games. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we've been working on Final Fantasy VI and. Mm-hmm. Check out revisiting the classics. Yep. Uh, another episode just went up today. Yep, Final Fantasy VI. Where we, yeah, Final Fantasy VI went up on Saturday. The first episode of that. We'll have another one up this coming up Saturday. Uh, we are, you know, plugging away through that. Hopefully, we'll get it done in about a month or so. Um, I'm, I'm assuming it won't take us more than four weeks to do that one. Um, and I know we also both did Devil May Cry HD. But, I was going to say that, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, we're, 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 we're reviewing that later in the episode, so, uh, as we mentioned last week, so we're not talking about that here either. So. And, and I've also been playing some uh, Dead by Daylight, which you've been get, going yes. on uh, twitch.tv. Yes. on games. Yep. Your, boy, your boy's getting better. I'm not great, but I'm getting better. You're, you're getting better. You're getting better. I was actually, I had Dead by Daylight on my list to talk about too, um, so I'll just kind of piggyback off you here for a minute just because I did hit level 50, so I, 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 I capped for level um i capped this past weekend when we were playing so i'm now doing a justin's tactic where he banks the blood points up to about a million before prestiging so that way as soon as you prestige you go right back up to level 37 or 38 whatever it takes I, you to how do you feel how do you feel about sitting at 50 for a while and just using those blood points on other characters though um like building up a mag I, I don't know if I'll do that. I think I'm actually going to, I think I'm actually going to focus on Jake until he gets to probably either prestige two or prestige three. Um, once I get Jake to either prestige two or prestige three, I'm going to bank the blood points and work on a killer. Um, because I'm not going to play a killer until I have blood points to bank into a killer to get it up level. Cause I, I, I feel like jumping in as a killer at level one is kind of hard to do. It's it's rough. Um, I, I've been trying. And yeah. So I, I, haven't, I haven't been able to successfully kill someone yet. Yeah, I think playing a survivor at level one with no perks is a lot easier than playing a killer with at level one with no perks. So uh, what 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 I plan on doing is is banking some blood points at least to get a killer up to like level ten or twenty, or, or probably more realis- realistically twenty five or thirty. So that way I can um, you know at least have all four perk slots unlocked and then have a decent choice of perks to go for. But uh, I probably won't be doing any um, any any killing games anytime soon like i won't be playing as a killer anytime soon i i, I can see you playing as michael myers 
I would probably, I could, I, I think I would definitely do Michael Myers. Yeah. I think I would definitely do Michael Myers just cause it's, he's, I, I think he would be fun to play as either him. I think, I think the trapper would be fun to play as if, if you got good with him, just because I, I've seen some good trappers, obviously no one really likes playing as the hillbilly, but I think the hillbilly could be fun just because he is like Sonic the Hedgehog and zooms yeah. across the map with his chainsaw up in the air. And then Justin likes playing as the Huntress just because of her axe throwing ability and how, and, and if you get good with that, you can actually be really good with it and, and really, really like throwing axe from across the map and hitting people like we were running. I, I heard, so, I heard somebody got sniped across two windows uh, from, from the Huntress. That was me. <laughs> yeah, I, I was running and uh, she was, you know, on the other side of the building and just aimed through these two windows and perfectly hit me. It was, it was very impressive. I'd never seen that before. It was very, very impressive. But uh, I, I managed to get Jake up to level 50. Uh, I, I think I have 45 hours into the game and I've played, I've only been playing for a month. So I'm assuming by this time in April, I should be at the point where I can prestige him up and do it again. So re- honestly, it takes about a month to go from zero to 50 and, 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 and whatever it is. So I'll probably have the about close to a million blood points again by uh by this time next month. So, and because, and, and it's still, that's only playing twice a week. So if I played more than that, I would get there a lot quicker, but I don't, I don't play. I don't have time to play more than that. Um, but yeah, that, that was dead by daylight. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit. Are were you, that was all that you played though. Right? Uh, that's all yeah, I have. Okay, so please, okay, please. Okay, I want to hear yeah. what you're playing. I'm going to talk a little bit about world of Warcraft and not, not so much because of that. I have been really doing stuff in it, but uh, I'm, I'm trying and I kind of want to just put this on the record of what I'm doing right now. So I have a little project going on within world of Warcraft and I am trying to raise enough in-game gold to purchase the expansion Battle for Azeroth, the one that comes out later this year. It'll, it'll be out by September. I'm going to purchase that expansion with in-game gold. So my I, I don't have enough right now. I, I have about 375,000 gold sitting across all my characters, uh, which that's not a lot of gold. I mean, people have millions upon millions upon millions of gold. Like gold is not hard to make in Warcraft if you actually invest time to do it. I just don't have time to invest into making gold. So what I'm doing right now, what I'm trying to do is play the auction house, so to speak. And I am trying to get enough gold and and I need to get about 800,000 gold. And that's to purchase the expansion with in-game gold and then still have some left over for myself because I obviously don't want to use all of my gold for the for the game because then I would have nothing to do anything with. So um, you can buy a $15 Battle.net token in-game for about 180,000 gold. And the, the expansion costs $50. So you'd have to buy three of those to get $45 and then, you know, just pay five bucks of your own money out at, of at, at pocket for the expansion, which is what I'm trying to do. So I'm trying to get $45 worth of credit and then use five dollars for the game so i need about five hundred fifty thousand gold so realistically i'm about 170 some odd thousand away from being able to afford the expansion within game gold but i want to get to eight hundred thousand, so that way i still have 250 to three hundred thousand left over for myself which is what i started with the so expansion costs about 60 bucks the expansion costs 50 for the basic edition 60 for the collector's edition okay because uh, i was looking at how much gold was going for just like because you because you know that's yeah, even though it's a even though it's a fake currency, it, it, it trades at a certain amount. So right, and it it trades at an official amount now. So that's why Blizzard yeah. actually sells in-game gold. You can buy gold in Warcraft now. So you know, 20, 20, 15 or twenty. I'm sorry, twenty dollars will get you one hundred and eighty thousand gold right now, and that's officially in-game. Um, but if you if you purchase the gold, like if you purchase a token, it's actually a little bit cheaper. It doesn't give you as much as you would have gotten back. It it, it doesn't exchange at the same amount like so to speak for one does not equal the other but um i if i went for the collector's edition i would need about 
you know, an extra $15 and I would be able to just buy it outright. But which is why I'm just going for the standard edition and paying $5 out of pocket. Um, I've made, since I started doing this, I started doing this last week, right? Like literally the same day that we recorded max level, I started playing Warcraft and trying to do and try to make the gold that day. So I've doing I've been doing this for a week now as of recording and I've made about 70,000 gold. Which is not a lot, but it's it's more than I've ever made up playing the auction house. So I installed an add-on. I installed Trade Skill Master, which is a great add-on. You just have to make some operations. You really you have to understand the economy within Warcraft, which is not hard. You just got to do the research. You make some operations. You make some strings, and then you let it do its work. So once a day, I jump into the game. I scan the you know I, you don't even have to scan the auction house because there's an actual app that runs on your desktop where it constantly scans the auction house to keep the prices up to date. So what I do is once or twice a week. This this past week, once or twice. A week for an hour i pick a spot and go farm it in warcraft and try to get green items that were that are used for transmog blue items you know any any type of rare items that i can get and anything that i get i just i try to sell in the auction house now and you know some of these items that i'm getting like some of these green items are technically worth like 50 60 70k like seventy thousand gold in game just because people want to you know, have transmog is a big community within Warcraft and, you know, how, how your character looks so that, you know, people are willing to spend insane amounts of gold in order to have their characters look a specific way. Um, so I'm trying to take advantage of that, which is how I'm trying to make the gold. So and then a, a cool thing with Trade Skill Master is that there's a snipe ability so you can actually run a program called Sniper and it'll con- it'll consistently scan the last page of the auction house. And if somebody makes a mistake and lists an item for something, you know, for like well under what it actually is supposed to be listed at or well under the average market cost of this that this add on calls it, you can purchase that. So say somebody lists a, an extremely rare item or an extremely rare mount, say this mount sells for 400,000 gold. We'll just we'll just say four hundred thousand gold, but they only put forty thousand. They they don't put oh, a zero they in there. Zero. Okay. They, they 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 forgot to put the last zero in there, and before they have a chance to cancel it, you can actually snipe that auction as soon as it gets lists, buy it, and then relist it for the right amount. So nice. and I've seen people do. I've not done that yet. I have not. You know, I've never had that pop up to me while I'm sitting there running it in the background. But I've seen YouTube videos and, and people that have done this, so I know it does happen. I and I've made mistakes before too. You know, I've I've listed something incorrectly on the auction house and had my my stuff sniped and um you know i tried contacting the person to buy it said hey you know i made a mistake but they have no obligation to give it back to you you know they bought it fair and square so luckily one person did give it back to me because i listed it at the wrong price one person did not so in my in my you know years of playing warcraft 12 plus years i've, I've done that twice and they one person gave it back one person didn't but um you know, that's that's what I'm trying to do right now. So I'm not really playing the game like I'm not out there questing. You know, I, I probably am gonna start playing it more often because I'm I'm live on Twitch a lot more often now, so I need to kind of have an assortment of games that I play, and Warcraft is gonna be one of the things that I shuffle in there. So I will definitely be doing some Warcraft. I'm gonna be working on my undead warlock for the for the Twitch streams, I think, because I he's still sitting at one. I haven't touched him since I made him because that that he I made him specifically to level up a horde character for the Twitch streams. So um I'm I'm gonna do that eventually, but uh, my, my main focus right now has been to make enough gold in game to buy the expansion so i only have to spend five dollars out of pocket and i gave myself a two month time period to do that if i don't do it within the two months i'm going to buy the expansion with with just basic cash so we're, we're going to say by middle of may so may you know it's today today's march 18th uh obviously we're recording this on sunday we're not recording on saturday because yesterday was saint patrick's day we had some stuff to do so um i'm, I'm going to say by may 18th if i do not make the 
necessary gold to buy the expansion, I'm just going to buy it out of, out of pocket because I want to have enough time to level up a Void Elf Mage and a dry a Light Forge Dry Knight before the expansion comes out. So I <laughs> before, the, before Battle for Azeroth comes out, I want to have both those characters leveled up plus my Undead Warlock, which is why I need some time. So that's why I'm not going into the expansion. You're going to have to play this game, out. aren't you? You're going to put some serious time in if you're I'll, on level I'll, one. I will be putting some serious time into it over the next few months, to, but to get to get ready for for the expansion. But not yet, not yet. Because while I will say serious time, that's probably only take me two weeks. So it's at, at, once I sit down and do it, it's not that hard for me. Um, the next game that I played that I'm going to talk about for a little bit is something I talked about last week, and that's Secret of Mana HD. I'm still plugging away at that. I am roughly 20 hours in now, so I didn't get to play it a whole lot because I did focus on some other stuff this week. Uh, I, I'm about 20 hours into Secret of Mana. I think I was at like 12 or 13 when we talked last week. So I, I did get about another six, seven, eight hours into it, but uh, I, I'm still not done yet. I am getting close to being done, though. I, I'm in the final stretch. So I'll probably finish that this week. Um, I'll be able to finish talking about it next week on the Max Level Podcast. Still having a blast playing this game. It's definitely not as good as the original. Uh, I'm noticing that a lot of, like, with the HD remake, they did, uh, like, a lot of the controls just, I feel a bit more clunky than they did back on the SNES. So the graphics, obviously, the graphics don't bother me at all. They're very colorful. They're very vibrant, like I talked about last week. But I know some people have an issue with, like, the 3DS-style models of the characters and everything. But... I'm still having fun with this game. It is still one of my favorite JRPGs of all time, um, but I really don't have much else to say on it yet because I am saving rest. Everything else I have to say for the last time I talk about it, which is like the unofficial review, so to speak, which would be next week on the podcast, hopefully, if I have a chance to uh, finish it because there are some things coming out this week. Oh, man, we're getting to that time of year. We're getting to that time of year. Yes, um, we are. <laughs> we're getting to that time of year. Uh, the last game that I talked about is one that I'm going to talk about for quite a while here. And that's something that I finished already. Got it, finished it within two days, and that's Kirby Star Allies. Um, I, I picked it up on the day it came out, which was this past Friday, March 16th. Started streaming it on Twitch that day. I had some issues with my Elgato capture card that day, so I didn't get to stream it as much as I wanted to on Friday. Uh, but every all the issues are now taken care of. I fixed everything. I don't. It, it scared me. I thought my capture card was corrupt. I, I was actually getting scared when I was trying to get get going to stream Kirby on that day. But I did get everything fixed. Um, streamed it a little bit on Friday. Streamed it a little bit on Saturday, and didn't even realize that I finished the game. So I will say this game was about five hours long. It's a very short game. Um, but that might be the longest Kirby game to exist if you think about it. Kirby games in general are not that long. It's true. You have to go back and do lots of little things, like go back to worlds and right, spot. right. But like just finishing the game, it's not that long. So like I went on on one of my websites that I always reference, howlongtobeat.com, and I looked up the Kirby like the Kirby length of games, and uh, the original Kirby is like forty six minutes, and um, the yeah, because there's only a few stages. <laughs> <laughs> There's just Dreamland, and then um, some of the other Kirby original, games. original Kirby is Game Boy, though, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, and that was 46 minutes long. Um, the SNES version I think is two hours. The N64 version I think it said was like two and a half to three hours long. Kirby games are generally pretty freaking short. The longest one was Epic Yarn, and I think that was seven hours. So. Um, and, and that even while it is a traditional Kirby game, it's not a traditional in the sense of traditional Kirby. So so this right here is traditional Kirby at its finest. There's four worlds. There's only four worlds. And the fourth world is definitely the longest, though. The fourth world will take you the, the longest amount of time to get through. 
Um, but I didn't even realize, like, you know, we, we were, I was streaming, I was live on Twitch doing this, twitch.tv slash games streaming this game. Jessica sent me a message on in the Twitch chat, hey, dinner's ready. I was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to finish this world. I'm assuming there's one more world after this because, you know, I just knocked out the, uh, the three sisters and um, we were basically, I was going like, okay, I'm going to go to this final place and we're going to get to the last world. And that's why I'm going to stop and I'll pick this up later. Once I got there, the game transitioned to the final battle, like the final battles. So I was like, holy crap, this game is actually ending. So I'm going to need like another half hour. My dinner was cold. I had to go heat it up afterwards. <laughs> um, it's, a fun, on that. <laughs> it's a fun game, dude. This game, while you're playing it, this game is an absolute blast. But it's not that hard. Kirby games are not hard in general. They never have been hard. Kirby games are very easy. But we play these games because they're fun. So Kirby Star Allies is not difficult. And Sean was actually talking about it in the Twitch chat while I was playing because he was watching me play the game. He's like, this game seems really easy. I'm like, it actually is, dude. This game is really, really easy. And it's even easier than a lot of the other Kirby games because you have three other people with you. And that could either be three actual people if you're playing with people like, you know, um, friends or AI. And the AI in this game is very, very intelligent. So you don't even have to tell them to go do stuff and they will go do it. So like if there if there's enemies on the screen, they'll go attack them. Or if there's things like puzzles on the screen, like, you know, oh, I need a fire. I need a fire type enemy to light this rope. So that way this cannon goes off before you even tell him to do it. He'll just light the rope or he'll burn the grass to find chests in there or they'll freeze waterfalls if you're walking around with one of the snowman type of uh, enemies. So without actually directing them to go do stuff, they will go do it on their own. So the AI in this game is very intelligent. The game doesn't screw you in any way? game does not screw you in any way. No. Um, and throughout World 1 and World 2, World 1 is Dreamland. World 2 is Planet Popstar. Uh, throughout those two worlds, it's very easy. So the puzzles that you're coming across, if you need a specific enemy, the enemy's probably within a five-second walk from that area. That That's you usually how Kirby games are in general. Yeah. World 3 and 4 is where it does get a little bit more challenging. So, like, okay, if you go in a secret door, and the secret doors have one red star, regular doors have three yellow stars. If you go on a secret door, you may find out, well, crap, I don't have the right people I need to get. So you have to go back out. And the right people are in that world somewhere, but they're not going to be either already in the secret door like they were in World 1 and 2 or right outside of it. So you do have to maybe go walk and backtrack a little bit to find the right people. But not necessarily. It's not. It's still not that difficult. The boss fights in World 1 and 2 are simple. In World 3 and 4, the boss fights that you do, they do get a bit more challenging. There were times where I would lose one of my companions or lose my abilities and have to, you know, get them back or suck up somebody to, to copy their abilities. Um, it, it's it's a fun game, though. It's really fun. Uh, if I review, I'm not, we're not reviewing this officially for Level Down Games. If, if I were to review it, I probably would give it about a... Between a six and a seven, between a 60 and a 70, because I don't think uh, I, I don't think that was amazing by any means, but I think it was fun. And I think I think it was just an average Kirby game, but it was fun. And I and I do think Kirby fans are absolutely going to love this game. I think you being a huge Kirby fan are going to absolutely love this game. And I think Nintendo fans in general, fans of platformers, they're going to love this game. But the average gamer walking into this game, you know, picking up a brand new game for their Switch, you know, that don't know much about Kirby or just want something. They might be a little disappointed, which is why I would say the score may not it may I, I I would probably officially give it a seventy out of a hundred if I were to review this game. Yeah. So so you know a, a very average seven. 
It's still a good game. It's still a good game. It's just not amazing by any means, but it's not bad. This is definitely not a bad game. This is actually good. This is actually fun. And I had a blast playing it. Uh, my entire my entire playthrough right now is uh, up at twitch.tv slash games and video on demand. And I'm currently uploading the individual portions to our YouTube channel as well. Part one and two were uploaded. Part one was uploaded on Saturday. Part two was uploaded on Sunday. Part three will probably be uploaded. Actually, part three and four will probably both be uploaded today, the same day this podcast goes up, uh, because I just want to get the playthrough on there completely. So um, check out that if you want to go see my playthrough. Obviously, if you don't follow us at twitch.tv slash games, make sure you do that. You turn notifications on. You'll always know when we go live. And then uh, if you turn notifications on here on YouTube as well, you'll be able to know whenever we upload something, too. That way you never miss any of our stuff. But um, no, dude, Kirby Star Allies, I, I can't wait for you to play this game because I want to hear what you have. What, you being a much bigger Kirby fan than me, I want to know trust, what you have to say about I'll, this game. I'll, I'll actually play it, but just, you, know, you know there's a big Nintendo game coming up this week that uh, I, I was saving my money for instead. I know, which we'll get to here a little yes, bit in the, uh, the new releases for the week. But uh, that is all I've played this week. And holy crap, we're already at a half hour and I love it. I love it. I love spending <laughs> the first half hour of the show talking about games we played because that is a big part of the show. But let's now move into the Weekly Scoop News Report. It is a jam-packed week this week. We have 24 news items to talk about, but a lot of these are going to go quick. So we always start off with big news. The biggest news this week, in my opinion, the Microsoft E3 2018 press conference has been announced and it has been set. It will officially be held Sunday, June 10th at 4 p.m. Eastern. We've already talked about this. EA's is EA's is June 9th. That's Saturday. Bethesda is that that night on June 10th. Um, I think they're at. Uh, yeah, they're at 930 Eastern. So here's the plan right now. And obviously, as things, you know, as things become more clear leading into E3 week, we'll, we'll officially be able to iron out some details. We will probably we will definitely be live, Frank and myself, for EA, EA's press conference on June 9th. We're going to have a pre-show, probably an hour to a half hour to an hour worth of a pre-show. Then we'll watch the conference. Then we're going to have a post-show. After that, we'll probably play some stuff on Twitch. We'll probably move into Dead by Daylight. We'll probably move into some other games that we're trying to play through. We'll probably make a full day out of it. Sunday, June 10th. Microsoft will be first. They will be the first conference that happens. They always they they were last year. They were the year before that. Um, there they'll be live at 4 p.m. Eastern. What we'll probably do is go live an hour before 3 p.m. for a pre-show, talk about some stuff, watch the conference, do a post-show after. If there's nothing between Microsoft and Bethesda, we'll just stream some games. We're not going off the air. We'll stream some games. We'll play. We'll play something at Twitch.tv. We, 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 we have games to play. We have games to play. We'll stream something together. And then as soon as about an hour before Bethesda, we'll stop streaming. We'll go into the Bethesda pre-show. We'll watch the conference. We'll do a Bethesda post-show. Uh, Ubisoft, Sony, Nintendo, and Square Enix. I don't know if Square Enix is doing one this year or not. I've heard rumors they may, but I've heard rumors they may not. Um, those ones will probably be on Monday. I'm assuming Ubisoft, Square Enix, if they do one, and, um, and, and Sony will be Monday like normal. Nintendo will be Tuesday like normal. Um, so we'll have to see. I know you do. You do work. You you will be around for Sony's because Sony's is at night. I I, I do work. I, I work daytime. Yeah. Uh, so if if I, if I can be there, I will. If not, you'll have to fly solo or with. Maybe we'll find someone to, to fill I'll, in. I'll most likely fly solo, but I know on Monday you should be able to make Ubisoft because they normally start at about six p.m. Eastern. Um, if you're not home in time, you can jump in as soon as you get home. I'll have it set up ready for you to get in. Uh, and then obviously Sony's you'll already be home for because they start at nine. 
And yeah. then you, so the only ones you should potentially miss are Square Enix if they do one. And then the one that I really want you there for, unfortunately, is Nintendo on Tuesday because Nintendo's always at noon on Tuesday. So yeah. uh, what you should do is take a lunch, take an extended lunch that day. <laughs> And just, that, try, just I, I, maybe Skype in with my cell phone. Just, yeah. yeah, just stream in with your phone. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing if you could do it. The E3 is going to be. I would totally not get fired. E3 is going to be fun. E3 is going to be fun this year. I can't wait. We're going to get some good stuff. I already know we're going to get some good stuff this year. And then we may have Devolver Digital this year again too, because Devolver Digital did a very insane press conference last year, and I'd be curious to know if they do one again this year. They were right after Bethesda last year, so if they if they do do one again, it might be actually on Sunday evening. So we'll have to see. Uh, I'm definitely excited to see what the landscape is going to look like for um, for for this. Something else, though, the last little bit of big news here. We have a Nintendo Direct coming up. This Nintendo Direct is coming tomorrow, March 20th, Tuesday. Unfortunately, it will just be me live at Twitch and doing the video. You will be at work. This is happening at noon Eastern on Tuesday, March 20th. It is a Nindies showcase for spring 2018. So it's all obviously indie games coming to the Nintendo Switch in spring 2018. I can't wait to see what they have to show because the last Nindies showcase was really, really good. Remember all those games? Like the, they showed some good stuff last time during the, in the Nindy showcase. The, I, the I, I like the Nindy showcases. Yeah, I, I I'm very excited to check this out. So I will be live twitch.tv slash leveldown games. It'll also be broadcast at the same time at, on our YouTube channel. I'll do both YouTube and Twitch same time. We'll be live for that tomorrow at noon for the Nindy's showcase spring 2018. Join us. It'll be a lot of fun. We've got some game announcements to talk about dude we've got 10 game announcements this week 10 freaking game announcements this week and it's crazy obviously i know we're in the uh, we're in the season of the gdc the game developers conference so some of these may have been announced you know for gdc some of them probably not the biggest game announcement this week though is shadow of the tomb raider Square Enix has officially announced the last of the climactic finale to Laura Croft's origin story. It is coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC September 14th. So that this year, they kept it hidden this long. It's literally launching in six months. Not even. Five months. No, six months. Did you see the video already? It is a 20-second teaser trailer. I have not watched it because we are watching it tomorrow on Game Oracles. I unfortunately have seen it already, okay. but, fortunately, but fortunately it's awesome, and I okay. can't wait to see it It's again. only 20 <laughs> seconds, so I can't imagine it being that good. It's only 20 seconds. It, it was enough to change my life. Okay. That's impressive, then. That's impressive. Uh, but like I did say, we have the trailer to watch tomorrow on Game Oracles, so as always, tune in tomorrow on YouTube and check it out with us. It's fun. That, that show's a lot of fun. This is a day one purchase for me. I've played, I've, I've obviously I played the other, you know what's funny is I actually never finished Rise of the Tomb Raider. So I'm actually going to go back and actually restart it, start it fresh. And uh, as, far yeah. as, as far as Tomb Raider, dude, I've been down since day one-ish. Right, right, right. No, I have I have two, but I think the the reboot is way better than the older games. Well, of course it is. Yeah. So the, the, the original reboot is so good. Rise of the Tomb Raider is a great game, but I never finished it. So what I might do is actually stream that on, on Twitch at some point this summer. Started up, started over, play through that, and then get, get in preparation to Shadow of the Tomb Raider. It's a good way to hype it up, yeah. Yeah. The next game announcement to talk about, Sega is going to release the Sega Genesis Classics. And uh, this is titled Sega Mega Drive Classics in, over in Europe. This is coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC worldwide on May 29th. It's interesting that it's not coming to the Switch or that it hasn't been announced for the Switch yet. I think that's really I'm interesting. I'm sure it will be. I think it's, I, I don't, I think it's dumb that it hasn't already been announced for the Switch yet, though. 
I, I, that, that's mind-boggling to me. Uh, the collection has over 50 Sega Genesis and Mega Drive titles from arcade action to shooters, beat-em-ups, puzzlers, and more, with modern features including online multiplayer for some of these games, achievements, mirror modes, rewind, and save states, plus more. While Sega has yet to put an official list of titles included in the collection together, uh, some people have went through the trailer and picked out the game. So the games that we know that are included in the Sega Genesis Classics uh, game, Alex Kidd in the Enchanted Castle, Alien, Alien Soldier, Altered Beast, Beyond Oasis, Biohazard Battle, Bonanza Brothers, Columns, Columns 2, Comics Zone, Crackdown, Decap, not, the, not that Crackdown, uh, Decap, <laughs> Decap Attack, yep. Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, okay. uh, Dynamite Hetty, Echo the Dolphin, Echo the Tides of Time, Echo Jr., Eswat, City Under Siege, Eternal Champions, Fatal Labyrinth, Flicky, Game Ground, Galaxy Force 2, Golden Axe 1, 2, and 3, Gunstar Heroes, Kid Chameleon, which is a great game, uh, Landstalker, The Treasures of King Knoll, Light Crusader, Fantasy Star 2, 3, and 4, which has me really excited, uh, Rystar, Shadow Dancer, Shining Force 1 and 2, again, super excited about that, uh, Shining in the Darkness, Shinobi 3, Return of the Ninja Master, so Sonic the Hedgehog 1, 2, Sonic 3D Blast, Sonic Spinball, Space Harrier 2, Streets of Rage 1, 2, and 3, great games, uh, amazing soundtracks, Yuzo Koshiro at his best, Super Thunder Blade, Sword of Vermilion, Vector Man 1 and 2, Virtual Fighter 2, Wonder Boy 3, and Wonder Boy in Monster World. But wow, this that was that was mostly every good game. There was a few uh, notable ones off the top of my head. I, I was hearing missing, but um, missing to me is Sonic. Um, Sonic Son Three, Sonic, Sonic and Knuckles, Sonic and Knuckles, Toji yeah, Sonic and Knuckles Toji in the Tokyo Mineral Toji games. Yeah, Tokyo Mineral, Tokyo Mineral Two. Yep. Um, yeah, those those ones. And then, up a lot. And, then, and, then, and then I would I I would honestly be really shocked if Road Rash is not included in this because Road Rash was definitely more of a Genesis game than it was a, a SNES game because two of them were exclusive to the Genesis. But but yeah, but, but yeah, they hit a lot of the big games here. You know, yeah. So this is this I, I, is this I, is an I, I, impressive I list Bonk. of games. I didn't hear Bonk at all either. I didn't know Bonk was not on there. But again, Sega has not released an official list of games included in this. Um, this is coming soon. This is coming May 29th and I think it's only going to be 30 bucks. So this is for, for this, it's an amazing deal. This is a much mu day one must purchase for me. Um, we're if actually, this comes out on switch. I would definitely get it, but we'll, we'll talk about that later on. <laughs> yeah. If, if it comes out on switch, I'm definitely going to get it on switch, but if it doesn't come to the switch, I'm buying it on PS4 because I want this collection. Um, we are going to do a, a, a second half to this. Uh, obviously, we're doing Devil May Cry, the HD collection review for the first half of our main discussion later in the episode. Um, as always, when we do a review, we also have something else to go alongside of it. A much shorter discussion, but something else to go alongside yes. of it. We're going to talk about this idea of older consoles porting a classics library to modern consoles. So... The idea would be like if Nintendo decided to release the NES Classic Edition, instead of releasing the console for 80 bucks, they just put those games on a cartridge on the Switch. Or the SNES Classic Edition, they put those games on a cartridge on the Switch. Or the N64 Classic Edition, whatever, you know, that's what we're yeah. going to talk about. So that's our main discussion and our, and our thoughts on that. Uh, so, you know, keep, stick it, keep it locked here with uh, the Max Level Podcast. We'll be talking about that roughly an hour. We got some more Sega news to talk about. Sega has announced Sonic Mania Plus, a physical release version of Sonic Mania with new features, and is launching this summer. The packaging, the reason I'm buying this, I already own this game. 
The reason I'm going to buy the physical edition is because the packaging is going to feature a holographic slipcover with a reversible cover that makes it look like a Sega Genesis box. Wow, that's cool. That's uh, cool. And, and it also comes with a 32-page Sonic Mania art book. It's going to be 30 bucks, same price as the game was when it, re- when, it uh, when it released digitally. Um, but Sonic Mania Plus is going to feature two new playable characters, Mighty the Armadillo and Ray the Flying Squirrel, an all-new Encore mode, and an expanded four-player competition mode. Users who already own... Oh, there you go. Users oh. who already own Sonic Mania get it for free. Yes. Yes. Oh, actually, it's not free. It's not free. Hmm. It's not free. It's not free. Um, it says, though... Because it said here via digital update, so I just assumed it was free. But if I would have kept reading, it says the pricing of which will be revealed at a later date. I'll pay a dollar. Uh, it's not going to be a dollar. Um, I I am buying the physical copy though because I want that reversible slip. That that thing is freaking cool to me, and that will go right back there behind me and on the on the on the on the shelf because that thing looks very very cool. Uh, I'll, I'll buy I'll, I'll buy the update because I, I really enjoyed this game. Yeah, I'm no, glad no, no. to see Sonic is back in his own his glory again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, let's talk another game announcement. Midwinter Entertainment, a new game studio established by Josh Holmes, the former studio head and creative director for the Halo franchise at 343 Industries, has announced Scavengers, a multiplayer coopetition. Coopetition. That is not a word, but that is what they're calling this. A coopetition team battle game set in a frozen wilderness. Midwinter Entertainment is formed of game industry veterans whose previous works include Halo 5 Guardians, Battlefield 1, Halo 4, Battlefield 4, Halo Reach, Battlefield 3, Call of Duty World War 2, and more. Um, Here's the description of the game. Scavengers puts players in the role of young survivors fighting in a not-so-distant future where cataclysmic events have triggered a new ice age. The game will combine exploration, survival, and combat elements while maintaining a focus on teamwork and cooperative game mechanics. By dividing the action between multiple uh, servers in the cloud, all of which contribute contribute to building and running a seamless and consistent world, Spatial OS allows more sophisticated artificial intelligence, more AI entities, and players occupying a seamless shared environment and a larger more detailed and more deeply simulated game world than can be supported by the traditional client server architecture used in online gaming players will begin each game by equipping their scavenger exploring the wilds fighting and allying with other human players to complete objectives gathering resources and battling against ai controlled enemy factions large and unpredictable ai populations combined with a balance of cooperation and competition between the human players will create rich repeatable gameplay we have a trailer to watch for this tomorrow on game oracles so we'll check it out but this sounds like something we could potentially stream with the four of us, me, you, Justin, and Sean, and have a great time on Twitch. So sounds very much like Destiny. So we'll yeah. check it out. So this could be something that we pick up. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll check it out. We'll see how the trailer looks tomorrow on Game Oracles. The next new game announcement: Koei Tecmo and Omega Force have announced Warriors Orochi Four, the first brand new numbered entry in the series since Warrior Orochi's Three in 2011. It is going to launch in Japan sometime in 2018. I guarantee you this game will be ported over to North America at some point in the future. Platforms, though, were not announced. Um, Mobile. Ah, uh, no, dude. This will be this will no, be this will, this will be I'm, PS4. I'm being, a jerk. I'm being a jerk. Yeah, this will be <laughs> PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Maybe even Switch because they Koei Tecmo has been putting a lot of stuff on Switch. Uh, obviously, it's another type of Dynasty Warriors type game, but it's just a different different take on it. Uh, it'll be good. War- obviously, these games are always good, so it'll be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. 
Next game announcement, Curve Digital has announced that it will publish a video game based on the Narcos television series developed by its sister company, Kuju Entertainment, for release on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC sometime in spring 2019. Uh, the Narcos television series is currently in production for season four. It chronicles the true life rise to power of drug lords and the explosion of cocaine trafficking in the world. So this will be interesting. I'm curious how they're going to turn this into a game. So so you so you watch this show. Does it could it translate to a game? Like, is there something here that could translate to a game without it? Yeah, being yeah. With, without it being like a Tom Clancy's uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands, because that obviously was about drug trafficking and, you know, taking down drug lords and that kind of stuff. I wonder if it'll be something like that. <laughs> I think it'll be, uh, I guess it'll be like the Scarface game. Okay. Ooh, that was not a good game, though. Was, well, it wasn't a good game at all. No. Okay. Oh, this one here, dude. This one looks exciting to me. Team 17. Obviously, Team 17. They make a lot of platforming, side-scrolling games. They they, they don't make them. They publish them. Um, they published Ukulele. They published um, a lot of things. So Team 17 has announced Planet Alpha, an atmospheric side-scrolling platform adventure game from Denmark-based independent developer Adrian Lazar, coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC later this year. Planet Alpha is a beautiful alien world filled with mystery and danger. Pursued by relentless enemies, you must harness the power of night and day as you struggle to survive. We have a trailer to watch for this tomorrow, and I'm looking at the screenshots in this press release. This is gorgeous. I can't wait for hey, you to see this game. I'm, I'm, I'm hyped. They did a great job at ukulele. I want to check this out. Yeah. I Well, again, they didn't they didn't develop it. They published it. So, um, uh, Well, you, you can ride high on your experience so far. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. So we do have a trailer to watch this tomorrow, and it, it, it's a pretty good-looking trailer from what I can tell. So check this out again tomorrow, Game Oracles. The next new game announcement, Big Ben Interactive and Kyloton Entertainment have announced a V-Rally 4 for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. It will launch in September. V-Rally 4 is the first new entry in the V-Rally series since V-Rally 3 for the PlayStation 2. Uh, it, that also released on the Xbox, GameCube, Game Boy Advance, and PC back in 2002. The series debuted on the original PlayStation in 1997. This is... That didn't even get picked up by your microphone when you said that. I didn't say anything. It just made the wow. Oh, okay. Okay, 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 cool. I'll leave that in because that was interesting. Um, that uh, <laughs> This is exciting to me because I loved V-Rally back on the original PlayStation. I used to talk about like Top Gear Rally and that kind of stuff all the time. I used to be big into racing games back then. This is exciting to me. We have a trailer to watch for this tomorrow on Game Oracle, so we'll check it out. Um, it says with V-Rally 4, the goal is to remain faithful to the, to the identity of the franchise, which earned the support of millions of fans and to strike a perfect balance between sensation, presentation, and simulation, while offering the best graphics and gameplay the latest technology can support. Um, this is awesome, dude. I can't wait for this. This is, I don't, I want to say it's this. Been a, it's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a long minute, dude. It's been 15 years. Um, so this, this could potentially be a purchase for me just because this could potentially be a purchase for me. The next new game announcement to talking about rising star games will publish Portugal based developer Amplify Creations, third person fantasy action RPG titled Decay of Logos digitally for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch and PC later this fall. 
Decay of Logos is an immersive action role-playing game inspired by the developer's love and passion for European folklore, high fantasy fiction, and archetypal classic third-person action RPG video games. The game hails from the imagination of lead game designer and programmer Andre Constantino and is developed by award-winning independent software organization Amplify Creations. The game sees players exploring a vast interconnected world, packed with secret locations and items to discover. Adventurers will engage in deadly and punishing combat with otherworldly enemy constructs and discover a world filled with arcane lore as they unravel the intricacies of the game's various weapon, armor, inventory, and level-up systems and mechanics. Decay of Logos weaves a tale of a girl and her elk companion, who meet up after her village is destroyed by one of the king's sons. Battered and oblivious of the culprit behind the attack, the girl will not rest until she has her revenge. During her quest, she will unveil secrets about the king and his sons, slowly realizing that all is not what it seems. We have an announcement trailer to watch for this tomorrow on Game Oracles. Please, I was just saying, please tell me we have a trailer. Yeah, this we, ha- we, have a, we have a trailer for this. The game does look very pretty. Hopefully it looks good. Hopefully it, it, you know, it, it performs well. So we'll check this out tomorrow on Game Oracles and see what we think. Exceed Games is bringing Ease Memories of Celsetta to PC later this summer, the company announced the other day. Ease Memories of Celsetta was first released for the PlayStation Vita in 2012. I did play this on the Vita. It is a fantastic Ease game with a great soundtrack. Uh, We did play a track from this on our Town Themes episode of BG Mania a few weeks back, or actually about a month and a half back. It's been a while. Um, This is a great game. Obviously, all the Ease games are great, so the fact that it's finally coming to PC is a good move. Uh, XC generally always tries to bring these games to PC after they come to consoles, so this this game is definitely a good Ease game. I definitely recommend picking this up when it does come to PC if you've not played the game yet. Um, But that's it. We're finally through all of the game announcements. That was all 10 game announcements. So we're going to now move in to the sales and revenue category. We got two things to talk about this week. Total sales for the PC version of Warhammer Vermintide 2 have surpassed 500,000 copies in less than a week following its release. Um, Quote, we are proud and happy that gamers worldwide have taken Warhammer Vermintide 2 to their hearts, says Martin Walland, CEO of Fat Shark. 500,000 games sold was a milestone that we had, but not less than a week after its release. So they didn't they 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 obviously wanted to sell 500,000 at some point, but they didn't know they would be doing it in less than a week. So, I don't know about you, man, but I've seen advertising for this game absolutely everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Justin actually thought, Justin, I think, said he was going to pick it up uh, soon because he, he's a big fan of these types of games. So, And I thought you said you were, too. I It's on my wish list, but... Okay, okay, okay. There's, it, there's a lot of stuff on my wish list. <laughs> yeah. It is coming to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One later this year, so it's still coming there. So the, the sales will obviously increase, but it's doing very, very well on PC right now. It's doing very, very well on PC. Uh, the last sales to talk about, total worldwide shipments and digital sales for Nier Automata have now passed 2.5 million units, Square Enix announced the other day. So if you remember, about three or four weeks ago, we had just announced that it just had broke 2 million. So it sold another 500,000 um, in a couple weeks. This game is still on the rise. This game is still doing well. Um, and the game's not it's just now over a year old. So this game, this is a blockbuster hit for Square Enix and for Platinum Games. So that's why they're we're, they're 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 already pretty much planning on turning Near into a franchise going forward because they did not anticipate this game doing so well. Uh, I'm so 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 happy it did too. I'm so happy this game did well. It's such a great game. I really want you to play Near and Near Automata at some point well, because I I want to I want to I'm waiting for Near Automata two, Lightning Returns. Um, oh no no no! Not happening! Not happening! Um, I do want you to play these games, though. I, I wouldn't necessarily call these classics. I don't know that we could do them for revisiting the classics because this one just came out. The original Nier only came out about six, five, six years ago. So I don't know if that warrants us playing it on the show. Maybe once we get through some other things, we could potentially do it for the show. But I kind of want you to play it before then. So 
I think you'd love these games. I really do. They're, and they're very interesting. They're very mind screwy. Like they will definitely mess with you. They will definitely nobody mess freaks, with you. Nobody freaks my mind except for Chris Angel, okay? <laughs> mind freak. They will definitely mess with you. Teases and leaks. We got four things to talk about this week. This one here, though. This one's exciting. Sega has teased what appears to be a new Sonic the Hedgehog racing game. The company did not announce the game's title, but said that it is not a sequel to any previous game. We do have a teaser trailer to watch for this tomorrow on Game Oracles. The title, the teaser of the, the trailer is literally just called Top Secret. It's very short, but we're going to check it out tomorrow on Game Oracles. But this is definitely a new Sonic racing game. And the last Sonic racing game, the Sonic Ra- the kart racing game uh, from yep. years back, was really, really good. was amazing. Was yeah, it was an amazing game. It was an amazing game. I got that as a Christmas present from Nicole. Thank you very nice. much. We the episode. Nice, 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 nice. <laughs> Uh, the next season leak, a job listing seeking a level planner to work on Final Fantasy VII Remake has provided an update on the game's development progress. The only reason I'm including it in here is because I really want to talk about this, because I've seen a lot of things going on there, and Justin and I have talked about this. Justin and I have talked about this extensively, especially on Twitch, and so if you watched our streams, you may have already heard us talk about this. We are examining programs that implement general function and general functions and contents for Final Fantasy VII Remake as necessary on the development team. And while we are reaching a satisfactory level in terms of reproducing the original title and high-quality graphics, we have come to the conclusion that we should aim for even higher quality in order to meet the expectations of fans. That said, we will tackle the production of this big title by establishing core members of various positions such as level planner, battle planner, designer, engineer, etc., including existing members of the development team. Interested applicants are expected to work as a core member. So, so Justin and I were talking about this. And he's like, well, man, they're rebooting it because they're bringing in new staff. No, they're not rebooting it. They rebooted this game when they had CyberConnect 2 stop working on it about two years ago. So this was being developed over at CyberConnect 2. About two years ago, Square Enix said, no, we're not liking the way you're taking this. So they took it from them and they turned it into a in-house development. And they did reboot a lot of what was done at that point. Um, games consistently hire staff. I mean, you know, anytime a game is in development, whether it's five years from being done or six months from being done, they're still always bringing in new talent because people come and go. It's like a normal job. People come and go. So they consistently need to take applications. They consistently need to bring people into these to these companies in order to keep working on games. You know, a lot of a lot of staff doesn't remain the same throughout the development of a game, which is why credits can sometimes be so long. I'm just wondering um, why it's taking so long for a game that's already been you know, because, you, because the, they're because the, the, the resources are there. The resources you know, aren't there. They're, they're redoing it, but you're just you're re, you're reskinning and updating to a, a better engine. But the, the game, the story, it's already there. Yes, but you're not reskinning. You are you are from the ground up rebuilding. They can't take the PlayStation game and put this on the PS4 and upscale the graphics. They could. They've already done that. It's already available on the PlayStation Network for twenty bucks. Um, but you can't uh, you can't do what they're doing with Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is going to look better than Final Fantasy XV. You can't start with the foundation already made with Final Fantasy VII on the PlayStation and think that you're going to get there. You can't do that. You literally they literally started from zero, rebuilding the assets, rebuilding the textures, rebuilding the world. And from what I understand, they are changing a lot of this game. So they are going to basically. That's why I'm I'm glad that we're playing Final Fantasy VII. You keep you you leave our one winged angel alone, okay? <laughs> I'm excited that we're gonna play Final Fantasy VII the way that it was made because when we play the remake, it's gonna be different. I'm telling you right now, it's gonna be a different game. It will a lot of things will be the same, but from what I understand, they are going to be changing some things of the story. So they may not necessarily they, they might not necessarily change anything big. Like Aerith probably is still going to have her fate sealed, but um, 
they're going to possibly expand on some characters that didn't really get a lot of love in the original game and tell more of their stories as well. Or they even talked about maybe incorporating Zack from Crisis Core into Final Fantasy VII because a lot of people liked Zack and maybe tell some more of his story within the game as well. So this, so this is definitely going to be a, a this is a definitely a big project, which is why it's taking so long. Um, you know, these these big, you know, big budget AAA JRPGs nowadays, because they are, you know, 60, 70, 80, 90 hours. You're looking at a six to seven year development cycle. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. So this game was, you know, we, we are we're we're in year five now that this game since it was it was announced in 2013. Um, you know, we're, we're now in year five. So it is what it is. But uh I'm sure we'll be seeing more. Or was it announced in 2015? I can't remember. It was one of the two. But um, whatever it is, it's taking too long. I want it now. No, 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 no. We'll, we'll see it sometime in the next three to five years. Sometime in the next three to five years, it will be released. Sometime between this 2020. No, sometime between 2020 and 2020, 2022, this game will be out. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Bluepoint games a little bit. Following the release of Shadow of the Colossus for PlayStation 4, Bluepoint Games is already working on another remake, the studio confirmed to Eurogamer. Basically what this is saying, they Bluepoint would not share any additional information about their next project, but they are really excited about the next project. They are saying it's bigger than Shadow of the Colossus, and they, they think that gamers worldwide will think that too when they find out what it is. So, what in the world could they be remaking next? Wow. I, see, I originally would have floated the idea of Eco, but that's not bigger. That's... It's not it's not bigger than Shadow of the Colossus. That is that is not uh, that is not bigger than Shadow uh, of the Colossus. Um, that's a good question that we have to think about, to be honest. Like what's what's bigger than Shadow of the Colossus is big. Yeah. I mean, um, Blue, Blue Point Games has worked on other popular Sony titles, Think, you know, ranging from remaster of the, of the Uncharted games. They worked on the Uncharted, you know, trilogy, the remastered trilogy collection. Uh, with the Nathan Drake collection, they did the Metal Gear Solid HD collection ba- a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, so they definitely have, you know, some experience working with just actual Sony games. Um, but I don't know what they could be working on. I don't know what they could be working on. And I'm trying to see here if other people are talking about what they could be working on. Oh, here we go. Well, um, another big Sony game is jumping out of my mind that they could work on. I don't want them to work on. That's what? just metal. I don't think they're working on Twisted Metal. Um, I don't think it's 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 not it's not their style. It's not I, their. I found a rumor right here saying that it could be Demon Souls. Okay. Demon That's Souls. Big. Demon That's Souls big. is the Demon Souls is the first Souls game in okay. the, you know, in the in the franchise. This is before Dark Souls One. Demon Souls is the original game. It was a Sony exclusive. It was a PlayStation Three exclusive game. It never came to Xbox. It never came to PC. So, that's a big possibility. That's a very big possibility, and that is way bigger than Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. Not in not in terms of not in terms of I mean Shadow of the Colossus is a great game, but in terms of scope, Demon Souls is a bigger game. There's a lot more going on in Demon Souls than it would be. So I'm curious if that would actually be the project. And it really could be. It really, really could be. It absolutely could be. Hey, if you guys are listening and you want to make a fat man happy, talk to Idos. There's a certain series I wouldn't mind you guys uh, getting your hands on because you do good work. And that yeah. would be what? Legacy of Kane series. <laughs> okay. Okay. That works. That works. That works. Uh, next up, this one I think might excite you. Oddworld Inhabitants is teasing a March 20th reveal for something. But we don't know what it is yet. It's likely Oddworld Soulstorm related, though. 
the company uploaded a brief eight second trailer that just says March 18th. Um, Mar I'm sorry, March 20th, 2018 to its YouTube channel. So this we could be looking at the debut of the next Oddworld game tomorrow. I definitely want to hear that. I, yeah. hope, I hope it happens. Yep. We, we're not watching the trailer for Game Oracles because it literally is just text. Um, and by the time that Game Oracles comes out, this game will probably already be announced. So we're not going to watch the trailer. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, but I'm definitely excited to see what that is, too. I'm definitely excited because Oddworld games are while, while some of them are good. They, they definitely are interesting, to say the least. Uh, let's move in to our random news now. We've got a couple things to talk about. We Nintendo has released version 5.0 system software update for the Nintendo Switch. The update includes the following changes. They added uh, some system functionality, so now Facebook and Twitter friends that also use the Switch can now be added through the friend suggestions. I think it was a cool move. That, that's definitely cool, so you can find more, for, more friends to put on your Switch. Um... They put 24 new arms and Kirby icons for your user avatar if you want to update your avatar. Um, digital soft... Huh? Who needs that? Who needs that? You already have Ganondorf out there. That's all you need. I'll probably switch to Kirby. I'll probably switch to Kirby. Uh, I think I have... Man, who do I have now? I think I have the uh, Blathers the Owl from Animal Crossing as my avatar right now. I've been Ganondorf since day one-ish. <laughs> Digital software purchases made from a PC or smart device will start downloading sooner than previously, even if the Nintendo Switch console is in sleep mode. So they're letting nice. you obviously download stuff quicker now. Uh, you can now filter news to view only unread news or news from specific channels. To keep the parental controls pinned private, the default method for pin entry has been changed to entering using the control stick and buttons instead of the on-screen number pad. So you can no longer see the actual... Uh, pin when you're entering it so they're just trying to help parents you know keep their kids from learning the pin if they're trying to do parental controls captured videos in the album will be restricted by parental controls depending on the restricted software setting and software rating organization so if you capture games with an m rating on your switch and a kid tries to go in there they won't be able to see the actual video so that's kind of cool too that's kind of cool too um you will receive notifications when pre-purchased software is ready to play nintendo switch pro controller grip colors will now display in the controller's menu which is kind of neat and awesome. then they resolved an issue that caused play activity to display incorrectly in the profile section of the user page. So, you know, just kind of a functionality update. Nothing big, nothing big, but it's cool that they're still doing stuff. And speaking of the Switch, a game that I think is a perfect fit for the Switch, Yonder, the Cloudcatcher Chronicles, which was previously released for PlayStation 4 and PC, is coming soon to Nintendo Switch, according to developers Prideful Sloth. It will cost $30 via the Nintendo eShop and $40 if you buy it physically. So the, you know, the physical cartridge tax of the Switch lives on. Um, the Switch version of Yonder the Cloudcatcher Chronicles will include a new photo mode, enabling users to share images of the game world with friends. Um, obviously, this is a game that I did do a review for, so check it out. This is this was a good game. I like this game. I, I played it on Twitch, too. You watched me play this a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's very much Zelda. This game is very much Zelda, which is why I think it's going to have a great home on the Switch. Um, this here is cool to me. Geralt of Rivia, the protagonist from CD Projekt Red's The Witcher series, is going to be a playable character in the upcoming fighting game Soul Calibur VI from Bandai Namco, the company did announce the other day. The training grounds of Karmoran will also be a playable stage. Nice. Ba Bandai Namco was the publisher of both The Witcher 2 Assassins of Kings and The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt in European territories, which is how they were able to work this out with CD Projekt Red. Obviously, Bandai Namco did not publish the game here in North America, but they did over in Europe. Um... 
An overview they did release. Geralt was trained at the elite school of the wolf and is considered one of the deadliest monster slayers. He possesses superhuman, superhuman reflexes and strength, as well as superior sword fighting skills. Players who choose to fight as Geralt will utilize the Witcher's signature fighting style, a combination of swordplay, ability-enhancing potions, and combat magic. Um, Doug Cockle, the English voice actor of Geralt, returns in Soul Calibur VI to reprise his role. Gamers will also be able to fight in Kaer Morin, home keep of the School of the Wolf. Accompanying players in battle will be Hunt or Be Hunted, an iconic composition from the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt soundtrack. This is awesome, dude. I can't freaking wait. Geralt Geralt may become my main character in Final Fantasy Fantasy VI. That's funny. Soul Calibur VI. Geralt may be my main character in Soul Calibur VI. I'm a big fan. Uh, what's that quote? And I'm probably going to butcher it. Uh, he has two swords, one to fight monsters, one to fight humans. Yeah. He goes, no, he goes, no they're both for monsters. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> humans are monsters. Humans are yeah, monsters. Yeah, exactly. Humans are uh, monsters. Um, I was I was waiting for the... Because there's... Especially with the trend, there's, there's always a big... There's always like, a big... Yep, third, absolutely. Third party or, or, or celebrity character. Yep. Geralt's this a great is, fit. Geralt's a great fit. fit. Great fit. fit for this game. Uh, he, like I said, he may be my new main character for Soul Calibur Six. There is a trailer that was released alongside this news. We do have it to watch for tomorrow on Game Oracles, so check it out with us. Uh, we found out now the last three bits of news here are some release date, release date news. We found out that Valkyria Chronicles Four will be launching for PlayStation Four, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch um, in North America later this fall. So we already knew it was coming. We knew it was announced here, but now we know that it is coming this fall instead of next year. So this game is still coming this year, which is cool. Uh, the game is going to release on March 22nd in Japan on the PlayStation 4, and it'll also be releasing on the Nintendo Switch in Japan later this summer. Um, in Japan, it's not coming to the Xbox One because the Xbox One doesn't really exist over there. <laughs> but when it comes to North America, it'll be on PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. And I bet that Sega of America will release it on all three platforms on the same day here in North America. Uh, Ubisoft announced that The Crew 2 will launch for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC on June 29th. Um, obviously the crew was a good concept for a game that did not work out. So I'm hoping the crew poor, two works out. Yeah. I'm hoping the crew two definitely works out for them. And then, uh, uh, back to some Sega news. Sega announced that, uh, Yakuza Kiwami two will launch physically and digitally for PlayStation four in North America and Europe on August 28th for 50 bucks. Obviously they, they are on a, a Yakuza craze right now, dude, which makes my heart happy so obviously we had yakuza zero then we had yakuza kiwami then we had yakuza uh yakuza six which just came out or actually comes out next month but reviews already posted uh still working on ours because i haven't had a whole lot of time to put into yakuza six i did i was playing it some but i haven't played it to the point where i can finish the review yet so i'm still working on a review it will be up by the time the game comes out though because i still have a month before the game comes out and then um we now have yakuza kiwami 2 announced so all that we need now is yakuza kiwami 3 because that has yet to be announced even for Japan. Yakuza Kiwami 2 comes out later this month. I'm um, sure it'll be announced. Yeah. Uh, Yakuza Kiwami 2 launched in Japan in December 2017. I thought for sure this would come like early next year uh, for North America in early 2019. So I'm glad that it's coming on um, this year. And it uses the same engine as Yakuza 6, The Song of Life. So it's going to be a beautiful game. Can't wait. We have a trailer to watch for this tomorrow on Game Oracles 2. So as always, join us then on YouTube and check it out. Because everyone knows I'm a huge fan of the Yakuza series. But those three things there, Valkyrie Chronicles 4, that's the fall. The Crew 2, that's June. Yakuza Kwame 2, that's August. Let's talk about what's releasing this week and the new releases for the week of March 19th. And we got, uh, it's not a hefty week. There's not a lot coming this week. But what oh, is coming this week big. is big. Yes, what's coming this week is big stuff. So we're going to start tomorrow 
Tuesday, March 20th, and the first game we're going to talk about coming to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, Assassin's Creed Rogue Remastered. The darkest chapter of the Assassin's Creed franchise, Assassin's Creed Rogue, has been remastered for Xbox One and PlayStation 4, now featuring 4K resolution on Xbox One X and PS4 Pro. On the regular Xbox One and PS4, it will just be standard 1080p. High resolution textures and improved shadows and lighting in addition to several other graphical enhancements. We're in the 18th century North America. Amid the chaos and violence of the French and Indian War, Shay Patrick Cormac, a fearless young member of the Assassin Brotherhood, undergoes a dark transformation that will forever shape the future of the colonies. After a dangerous mission gone tragically wrong, Shay turns his back on the Assassins who, in response, attempt to end his life. Cast aside by those he once called brothers, Shay sets out on a mission to wipe out all who turned against him, to ultimately become the most feared Assassin hunter in history. In Assassin's Creed Rogue Remastered, you will experience the slow transformation from Assassin to Assassin Hunter. Follow your own creed and set off on an extraordinary journey through New York City, the Wild River Valley, and far away to the icy cold waters of the North Atlantic in pursuit of your ultimate goal to bring down the Assassins for good. This is the game that I have always wanted to play. I did not play Assassin's Creed Rogue because I, I this came out the same year that I think it was Black Flag came out on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. So this I chose the PS3 game. This was the PS3 and Xbox 360 game. And I didn't go back and buy that one because I bought the, the new version on the PS4 and Xbox One. So this is the one that I always missed out on. And it's finally coming. I can't wait to play this. Uh, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it day one. Uh, I am going to buy this eventually. I'm going to pick this up eventually. But I, I have other things coming out this week that are definitely a priority to me. Um... But this is a game that I'm going to definitely play because I have this this one has always intrigued me. Obviously, I love the colony period of North America, and I love that you're actually hunting the assassins instead of working with them. That's such a cool concept for Assassin's Creed. The next game coming tomorrow, Tuesday, May 20th. Assault Oh, this is coming to uh sorry, coming to PC and PS4. Assault Gunners HD edition. You are in control of Dot, a battle mech peacekeeping force. You must save Earth's migrants and the Mars colonies from the threat of the ants uprising. Who or what could be leading this threat against Mars and the new planned perfect utopia for humanity? We did see a trailer for this on a previous uh, episode of Game Oracles. Neither you or I thought this looked exciting, but uh, it is coming. Just keep that in mind. So, you know, if you're into mechs and that kind of stuff, check it out. Also tomorrow, coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch, Attack on Titan 2. Abandon all fear. Attack on Titan 2 is the gripping sequel to the action game based on the worldwide hit anime series, Attack on Titan. Um, you gonna pick this up? Uh, eventually. Okay. Uh, it's not the big it's not the big game. There's two games I'm buying this week, and that's not one of them, but okay. it's a okay. it's a Tsagano. <laughs> um, you haven't even played the first one yet, right? I have not, but I've watched anime, so I know it's going No, on. I know, but you should definitely play it. I mean, they're, they're fun games. They're definitely fun games. They're definitely worth playing. Uh, and the last game coming tomorrow, coming to PC and Xbox One, Sea of Thieves. Obviously, we all know what Sea of Thieves is, but um, if you don't know, Sea of Thieves is that because there is no description here. Uh, sea of Thieves is the new game from Rare coming from Microsoft Game Studios in which you play cooperatively Pirates. with friends as a pirate. Oh, here, maybe there is a description. Maybe I, I did find one. I did find one. From acclaimed developer Rare comes a shared world adventure game that offers the ultimate pirate experience. 
packed to the seams with sailing and exploring, fighting and plundering, riddle solving and treasure hunting. Sea of Thieves has everything you need to live the pirate life you've always dreamt about. Set in a glorious world of exotic islands, hidden treasures, and dangers both natural and supernatural, Sea of Thieves immerses you in a new type of multiplayer action. Whether you're adventuring as a group or sailing solo, you're bound to encounter other crews, but will they be friends or foes? And how will you, res how will you respond? This is a game I want to play. I'm, not, I'm telling you right now, this is a game I want to play, but I'm not I paying 60 bucks for it. I am a sucker for a good pirate game. More on that to come later on. Okay, but I'm not paying 60 bucks for this. No, I'm not paying $60 for the Sea of Thieves for a game that I'm not convinced is going to be good. I want to, you know, I want to play this game. I want to check it out. Uh, me, you, Justin, and Sean were talking about picking it up and doing it for a Twitch stream. But I, it's crazy to pay to pay 60 bucks for this game because I, I'm not convinced it's going to be good. So I'm hoping that one day, we, you know, maybe they'll do a half off sale. We'll all be able to pick it up for 30 bucks and, and try it. I'd pay 30 bucks for this game. I would. I I, th I think if it goes on sale, level down games should definitely buy a copy for me, you and Sean. No. <laughs> I tried, guys. I tried. No. Um, but if it does go on sale, I'm hoping that all of us will be willing to pay the price that it goes on sale for uh, within the next few months so that we can definitely jump in and try this out. Everybody's got a price. Everybody's got a pay. For the million dollar man always gets his way. <laughs> money, 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 money. Yeah. Uh, no, dude. If I if I had the funds, you know, I would buy this for all four of us because of course. Um, that 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 is something I plan on doing if if uh, Level Down Games ever does start making revenue, is, is buying games for the four of us to play on Twitch, and I would totally do that. But um, I just hashtag let's make Justin pay. I just don't okay. have that. Yeah, Justin basically did. He bought me Dead by Daylight, so. <laughs> um, let's move. We're skipping over Wednesday, March 21st. Nothing coming that day. So we're going to move to Friday. We're going to move to Friday because there's nothing on Thursday either, March 22nd. Move to Friday, March 23rd. we got three more games to talk about this week. Coming to PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. A game that you and I are both picking up and a game that we're going to be playing through twice on Twitch. That is called A Way Out. From the creators of Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, comes A Way Out, an exclusively co-op adventure where you play the role of one of two prisoners making their daring escape from prison. What begins as a thrilling breakout quickly turns into an unpredictable emotional adventure unlike anything seen or played before. A Way Out is an experience that must be played with two players. You cannot play this alone. It must be played with somebody else. Each player controls one of the main characters, Leo and Vincent, in a reluctant alliance to break out of prison and gain their freedom. Together, you'll explore notions of trust and consequence as your choices begin to catch up with you. Play the entire experience with your friends for free using the one-click free trial feature. Holy crap, I didn't realize that. <laughs> wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> Is only one of us have to buy this game? Only one of us have to buy this game. Well, I'll split with you then. Okay, that works. Well, let's just both buy it, because I, 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 let's just both buy it. I want to give the, I want to give them the sales. I want, okay. I want. I, I want to. I want to give them the sales for this. So because because I want more games like this. So, right, so yeah, we, I, I always play with other people too. Yeah, exactly. You can play with somebody else, and I can play with somebody else too. So let, let's let's both do this. So, um, because I also don't know because it also is just called a free trial feature. Um, I don't know how often you could do that either. You know what I mean? Because well, we're looking for that, though. we want to. Uh, I I know that um, you know the two main characters, Leo and Vincent. We're gonna do two playthroughs on Twitch because one time I'm gonna be Leo, one time I'm gonna be Vincent. We're gonna do each playthrough, um, 
we were going to do two playthroughs because we both want to experience the game from each perspective. So plus, plus, plus there's a decision to make along the way. So yeah. So so Justin did say that he's probably going to take one of these two one of these two nights coming up this week, either Friday or Saturday, off from the Dead by Daylight streams. So whatever night we're not streaming Dead by Daylight, we're streaming a way out this weekend. There you go. The game comes out Friday, so either Friday night or Saturday night, we will be streaming this game on Twitch. Uh, I don't know how long it's going to be, but I'm hoping we can just burn through it in one sitting. Like, if it's five or six hours, we just sit there and do it. Like, I'm hoping we can get through it. Because, yeah, so hopefully we can do it. Um, if it's like eight to ten hours, unless we have all day, we can't do it. But uh, <laughs> I'm not doing that throughout. I'm not doing we that. Can, we, we can always break it up. Yeah, we can break it up into two streams if needed. But, um... I'm excited to play this. I've been excited to play it, and I, I freaking love the the creator of this game, uh, Yusuf, the the crazy man from the Game Awards. <laughs> Guys, just look it up in the video. <laughs> very passionate he's man. He's, he's, a he's a very he's passionate a very man. He's, he's a passionate a, man. He's one, he's one of my heroes. He's a very passionate man, and uh, hashtag F the Oscars. <laughs> uh, coming to the Nintendo 3DS, Detective Pikachu, a game I know you're buying this Friday. And I'm, ho yeah, I'm, I'm hoping you'll have a chance to play it before max level next week, but I don't know if you will. Oof, um, it's going to be a tight crunch, especially if you're playing another game. I know. As Tim Goodman, you'll partner with a self-proclaimed great detective Pikachu to solve strange occurrences in all over Rhyme City. Together, you must investigate, take notes, and meet up with other Pokemon to unravel the city's greatest mysteries. Tim is searching for his missing father in Rhyme City, but instead encounters a witty, tough-talking Pikachu. Along the way, experience over 150 fun-filled animated cutscenes starring this unique Pikachu, providing helpful hints or talking up a storm. You can also tap the extra-large Detective Pikachu amiibo figure to access all cutscenes up until the current chapter played. As you investigate crime scenes, gather testimonies, uncover information, and interact with Pokemon to solve cases. Oh, as you... Okay, I see what you're saying. That, that's, that's a sentence? Let me read that again. As you investigate crime scenes, gather testimonies, uncover information, and interact with Pokemon to solve cases. That is not a sentence, but okay. You'll have to put your detective skills to the test to foil the mastermind behind the disturbances of Rhyme City. Those two sentences should have been combined. All of the day's work for Detective I'm Pikachu. I'm hoping it's Team Rocket. <laughs> All of the day's work for Detective Pikachu. Uh, I'm going to play this game, but I'm not buying it this week. Because, yeah, because... Uh, both I pre-ordered pre with the Giant Amiibo as well. Yeah. Uh, it's just unfortunate that both games that you and I are picking up both have to be releasing on Friday. Because the last yeah. game this week, coming to PC and PS4, is Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom. Join the young King Evan as he sets out on an epic quest to found a new kingdom and, with the help of some new friends, unite his world, saving its people from a terrible evil. I'm a huge fan of the original Nino Kuni. I have been counting down the days to this game. I am streaming this on Twitch. I can't wait. You play as wait. Prince Evan. Prince Evan, yes. See? Prince Evan. Something. Prince Evan, exactly. And there are kingdom building mechanics in this game. I can't freaking wait, dude. I can't. So this, is, so this doesn't take. Wait. This does not take uh, place in the kingdom of Ding Dong or what's called. Or? Ding, Ding Dong Dell is in this game. Ding it's Dong still Dell. it's still in the same world as the original Nino Kuni. It's still in the same world. But that is it for the new releases for the week of March nineteenth. So I do think it's time for a little bit of podcast intermission. We'll be right back. For today's podcast intermission, we're going to be taking a look at our show, Revisiting the Classics. It's a weekly trip back to the past to play some retro games every Saturday. Recently, we talked about our initial explorations within Final Fantasy VI. Let's take a listen. We've made it. We're here. It's time. Final Fantasy VI! Final Fantasy VI! We've done it, dude. We, we, we've progressed through one through five. Obviously, we had some good times through one through five. There were some good games in there. Final Still Fantasy 2 was a good game. Final Fantasy 4 is a great game. 
Final okay. Fantasy VI blows all these games out of the water. I am really loving it so far. Yeah, Final Fantasy VI blows all these games out of the water. And what's exciting to me is I've never finished Final Fantasy VI. So I will be finishing it for the first time wow. ever on the show. That's two games in a row. So you didn't ever finish five before that either. Correct. Correct. From, wow. here, from here on out, though, I finished them all. So. OK, OK. Um, but yeah, Final Fantasy VI is the last one that I've yet to finish. Um, I won't spoil the ending if I get there before, I promise. Oh, I doubt you will. But <laughs> we are, we are try. we're trying to play these, you know, roughly the same speed. And we did it this week. We actually stopped at the same point. So we're trying to play these on the same speed. We also don't want to spend six months on one game. So, you know, we're trying to rush through these things. But as always, we're going to get a little bit of information out of the way on Final Fantasy VI because it is the first time we're talking about it. So Final Fantasy VI was originally released here in North America as Final Fantasy III. As always, we know we didn't obviously get Final Fantasy II here in North America. We didn't get Final Fantasy um, IV. No, we did. We didn't get two and three here in North America. We did get Final Fantasy IV. So we got Final Fantasy one. We didn't get two. We didn't get three. We got Final Fantasy four. That was released as Final Fantasy two. We didn't get five. We did get Final Fantasy six, which was released as Final Fantasy three. When it showed up here in North America on the Super Nintendo, it was released on October 11th, 1994. The Japanese version was just released a couple months before that on April 2nd, 1994. So at least it was the same year and the same time period. Um, listeners to our BG Mania podcast may remember us talking some information on Final Fantasy VI because we heavily compared it to A Link to the Past in terms of the soundtrack when we when we did that episode yeah. on BG Mania because a lot of the stuff here sounds like it could be inspired by Zelda, but at the same time, these games are developed by the same time. So it's kind of cool how um, Koji Kondo and Nobuyamatsu were kind of doing the same things on the SNES. I love it. I, I think it's so cool. The game would eventually appear on the original PlayStation here in North America on September 30th, 1999. It would eventually make it to the Game Boy on February 5th, 2007. The Android version released on January 15th, 2014. The iOS version on February 6th, 2014. And it would finally make it to Steam on December 16th, 2015. So not even that long ago did it finally hit Steam. Um, and as always, we like to say what versions we are playing. I chose to play the Steam version, even though the Steam version is not the best version of this game. I wanted to see why people say that. I wanted to obviously, I wanted to see these character models for myself. I wanted to get, you know, I wanted to make my own judgment on the Steam version because I've yet to play it. I have played the Game Boy Advance version and I have played the SNES version, but I just never finished either one of them. Um, you are playing. I'm playing it on the Super Nintendo Classic. I'm playing Final Fantasy 3. Yes, you're playing Final Fantasy 3. So uh, everything everything says Final Fantasy 3 for you when you boot the game. And uh, it's, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Um, like we talked about last week, though, Hironobu Sakaguchi, the father of Final Fantasy, he did not direct this game. This game was directed by two individuals, Yoshinori Katasi and Hiroyoko Ito. Hiroyoko Ito is amazing, dude. Ito is uh, the one behind six. Ito is the one behind nine. Ito is the one behind 12. Ito's done some good stuff. So a lot of people are wanting Ito to do Final Fantasy 16 because it would be a, a great game. I'm sure it would be. I know it would be. If you like what you heard, it can be found on your favorite podcast app of choice by simply searching Revisiting the Classics. It can also be found in the Max Level podcast feed and on our YouTube channel. And now back to more Max Level. And we're back. And as I mentioned earlier, we do have a two part, two parts to our main discussion today. The first part is our Devil May Cry HD Collection review. So Devil May Cry HD Collection released on March 13th, 2008, about a week ago. Um, it includes the 
popular stylish action games Devil May Cry, Devil May Cry 2, and Devil May Cry 3 Special Edition. We talked about this two weeks ago on the Max Level Podcast because you and I were both... No, actually, we talked about it last week on the Max Level Podcast. Yeah, we talked about it last week on the Max Level Podcast because you and I were both playing it. And we had good things to say about this game. We obviously liked being back in the world, but at that point, we were only playing the original Devil May Cry. Um, We have now played through Devil May Cry, Devil May Cry 2, and Devil May Cry 3 Special Edition. And I I can finally, I can actually say, dude, that this game did not translate well. Um, It definitely, it was still fun being back in that world. It was still fun. Yeah. yeah, It's it's still fun being being back, but like, it's it's... Dated is not even the word I want to use here. No, it, 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 it's it's because it while it is dated, it really isn't dated at the same time. Like, so what they did here, we talked about this before. They basically upscaled a lot of the textures, a lot of the character models, but then a lot of the background stuff remained the same. It looked like it was ripped straight from the, you know, straight from 2001 on the PlayStation 2. Obviously, we know this is the story of Dante, the son of the demon Sparta and the rest of his family. And it's basically a journey that began long ago on the PS2 and stretched even up through um, current gen systems with the uh, DMC Devil May Cry game, which came out, what, three, four years ago, Uh, which which was the uh, which was the other Dante, the the Dante that looked a little bit different, the more edgier Dante. but yeah, this is this is a collection of the first three games in the franchise, and it is not a full scale remake or remaster by any means. It is not a full scale remake or remaster. In fact, and I didn't realize this, and I didn't actually know about this until I did some research. It is a direct port of 2012's PS3 and Xbox 360 collection, with a little bit more uh, upscale stuff done to it. It was it was a reskin of the. Of the uh, it was port. a reskin of the original collection that came out on the PS3 and Xbox 360, which is why the um which is why the other game or why it doesn't look as good as I actually thought it was going to because I actually thought this was going to be fully taking advantage of the PS4, Xbox One, and PC, and in fact it does not. Um, oh. A lot of things are still very much you know baked into that early 2000s, 2001, 2002, 2003 period of games like a lot of the controls feel very clunky I, once I got back into it I started remembering a lot of the controls but it's very very clunky and the the layouts to the castle the layouts to everything that you're going through especially in the first game and then moving into the second and third they're very confusing and there's a lot of backtracking and while that's okay like you know obviously Metroidvania had a lot of backtracking but those games definitely at least do it well I thought uh, and, and this is by no means a, a knock on Devil May Cry because I love Devil May Cry and I'm very excited to see what they do with the new announced. If the rumor is true and there's a new Devil May Cry coming this year at E3, I'm very excited. And I want to play that and I, I can't wait. But that's because it will be a completely new game exactly, and, and not a and not a rehash of things and, and, and not, not a rehash of things that we've already played. But that's not to say that I don't mind rehashes because everyone knows I like ports. Everyone knows I like when games are ported to new consoles. And, you know, I like playing through games again, but I like when a little bit more care is done to these games as well. So it's a good reminder of basically this game in particular is a great reminder of just how far the industry has progressed since the early 2000s because it's it's you can tell you can tell you could tell what the industry was like back on the ps2 when this game came out because it's not the same anymore 
But you, you know how excited we were last week? I feel like we did a 180 because the nostalgia factor grew thin Wore quick. off. The, not the, the, yeah, that, that's yeah. what it was last week. The nostalgia. Like, when you get this game, if you pick up this game on the PS4, Xbox One, or on Steam, you will have a blast originally because the nostalgia factor will kick in. And it, it's great being back there. But when you start getting through these games and you put, you know, 10, 20, 30 hours into this it wears off after about seven to 10 hours. Like the nostalgia factor will quickly drop by about before you finish the first game. I have to admit, I, after I beat the first game, I I, I was ready to just uninstall the whole thing right away. Really? <laughs> I was like, just get this off my PC. Just I'll yeah. use the room for something else. Yeah. I have plenty of room. I just, it, it, I was so mad. Yeah. It, it sucks because like that, that is a big thing. The nostalgia factor is a big thing because when it came down through it, playing through Devil May Cry 2, playing through Devil May Cry 3, they just aren't that fun to play after such after after this long. Like they were fun back then. But now when games have changed so dramatically and the games are totally different, they just aren't that fun to play anymore. I mean, remember, this is like 18, 19 years ago. We're talking 2001 when these games came out. Uh, so, about, so about so so 17, 18 years, these games just aren't that fun to play anymore. And I mean, that would be, oh man, I don't want to say that would be like taking another game because there are some games when ported and done correctly that are still fun to play. Like if, when, you know, if they, if Nintendo did a link to the past on the switch, that would be fun to play still because that game is a blast to play through or Ocarina of Time or something like that. Those games are still fun to play through. It's just something did not translate. Something got lost in translations with Devil May Cry. It was great back then. It's not great now. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I used to, because games like Devil May Cry, mm -hmm. they've come so far from where, where they were to where they are now. Yeah, action that, games like oh, this, they definitely have changed dramatically. That, 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 Hack and Slash games have changed dramatically. I, we're almost spoiled with how good they are now. Right, right. That they're just going back and play something like this. I just, I I can't say I didn't enjoy it myself. I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it for a while, for, okay. for quite a while, because it's... I love the only cry, but like you said, I, it just it wore so thin. It, it, it wore it wore thin on me to the point that I was like, "Why am I? I played it for the sake of beating it. That sucks. Mm -hmm. That's not how you play. You you play a game to have fun. I don't right. play a game just to to power right. through it. Right, right, right. So, I I think it's worth saying here that I think certain games are better left in the past where we can fondly remember them as opposed to bringing them in, onto current gen platforms to give them another chance at life where we can remember how. Not necessarily how bad they were, because it was great back then. These games were amazing back then. But now, release now, these games just play and look kind of silly. And, like, it's, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like I said, it's just lost in translation. And it's just what you're talking about, how the progression of games has moved from then to now. It's, it's just this game did not need to be brought forward. This game could have been left back on the, on the PS2 where it was, fondly in our hearts, fondly in the minds of gamers everywhere. And then while we anticipated the new game coming later this year or next year, whenever the new game is going to release, because that 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 is what I think it is here, because may, maybe if this would have been a full remake or not, not, not necessarily a full remake, but a full full remaster, as opposed to just kind of a port from a PS3 and an Xbox 360 game, this would have been good. But uh, I just I just don't think it was. I don't think it was. I mean, like one of my favorite games of all time, just to throw an example out there, original Legend of Zelda. Okay. I would absolutely hate a 3D remake of that game. I would too. I think it'd be awful. I, I mean, because for one, if you're remaking a game I love, I want it to be exactly the... You know, I want it to... It has to be the... Everything has to be the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, well, I, I, you can 3D. I don't care. Whatever. 
it wouldn't be fun to me. I, it, it would feel dated. It'd be, it'd be old. This game didn't even try that. They just literally just slapped some new graphics over the old graphics. Right, right, right. So uh, control-wise, you know, all that stuff, it's very much the same as it was back on the PS2. Um, you know, the, it's still very clunky sometimes. I mean, there are some good stuff here and there. I mean, the controls, it's very fluid. It's very fast. It's a hack-and-slash game, so it's very action-packed. It's a fun game in that regard, but... The controls still feel very clunky. They still feel like you're playing on a PS2 controller. Um, you know, the the cinematics still are kind of dated, like we talked about, because some things were yeah. updated, some things weren't. And it's it's kind of like a hodgepodge of everything, too, because some things, are, some things look good, some things look bad. And when you have something good standing in front of something that looks bad, it's like a clash, so to speak. And I just don't get it. I don't get why they did that. So... I don't know, man. This game was great back then. It's not great now. So this actual collection, if I were, obviously we are, this is our official review. Uh, This is like a 55 out of 100 for me. This is, this is a little bit above, a little bit above halfway, but not so much where I'd even give this a 60 out of 100. I would say 55 out of 100. You're generous. Okay. Okay. I probably would have said a 45. Okay. So, uh, so then officially we'll go 50 out of 100. (laughs) That is the official level down game score for, for Devil May Cry HD collection. We'll go 50 out of 100. Obviously, you said 45. I said 55. So, uh, yeah, we'll go 50 out of 100. Um, and I and I did look around at some other reviewers, too, and uh, they they pretty much were pretty much on par with what we were saying anywhere in the I seen some stuff as low as the four, like the threes and fours all the way up to some stuff as high as like sevens and eights. But most of the stuff I saw was hovering around the, the mid range, the uh, 40, 50, 60 mm-hmm. range. So it's just unfortunate that this game that this game is like that, but uh, I hope that this doesn't scare Capcom off, you know, these, these negative scores. I hope it doesn't scare Capcom off from still continuing forth with the new devil may cry, because that is something I'm very much looking forward to because it is a new game in today's modern gaming landscape. So it shouldn't be so baked within the, you know, the gameplay elements from 20 years ago. But uh, yeah, that's our review for devil may cry HD collection. Obviously didn't go nearly as in depth on that one as we did with kingdom come deliverance, because these, this is obviously just a remake, a port of these games. We don't really have to dive into too much about it, but uh, what, what is worth diving into was just how bad it translated. So unfortunately that's how it is, but we'll now move into the second half of our main discussion. And I want to go back to that Sega Genesis classic things a little bit that we talked about earlier in the, uh, in the news. Uh, and, and I want to expand on this concept a little bit. So what I want to talk about here is do we like that ver- do we like that idea? Do we like Sega putting a Sega Genesis Classics compilation together and releasing it on the PS4, releasing it on the Xbox One, releasing it on the PC, and maybe eventually releasing it on the Nintendo Switch as well? Do we like that? Or do we like Nintendo style of releasing the NES Classic as a $70 thing with games built on? Do we like the SNES Classic as an $80 thing with 30 games, or how many 21 games built in? I'm sure that we, we there's rumors they're doing a Game Boy version, there's rumors they're doing a Nintendo 64 version. Which model do we like better, and why? Do you want to start, or do you want me to start? I'll start. Okay. I, I, and I think I really, we're going to differ on this. We are. I like having my SNES Classic. I, I love having the, okay. the, the little console there. I like playing on it. But I'm, I would have been fine. You know, I, I'm not fine. I, I'm so conflicted here. Okay. I'm not fine with just, cause just putting those games on the Switch. Like, would you have rather had a Sega Genesis Classic box? Yes. Like, a, like a mini Sega Genesis. That's what you'd rather yes. have. Okay. I would rather have a mini Sega Genesis with all those games on it. Um, even then, I still feel it's emulation. Through okay. and through. Mm-hmm. Even, even, even That's, what it is. Classic, That's what it is. It's, it is. It's all emulator. 
It's all it's, it's all a, emulation. It's an emulator, and mm-hmm. while we don't support piracy, uh, that that if that, if, that is official emulation though, because Nintendo's emulating their own games. Like uh, it, now. For those that hack their SNES Classic or the NES Classic, that is illegal and unofficial. And, you know, obviously, you know, we don't support that kind of stuff. But what Nintendo did with the NES Classic and the SNES Classic by hacking it themselves, not necessarily hacking it themselves, by putting their own games as emulation onto those, that's okay because it's them doing it. They're the ones that own it, so they're allowed. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's to me, it's still, it's akin to having a Raspberry Pi. No, no knock on you if you have one. Uh, you know, it's... No, no, no. Raspberry Pis are great, dude. I just... It is what it is, and, but it's it's emulation. Um, I get a good feel. I, I have my legitimate Super Nintendo hooked up still. My mine's, actual mine, mine's upstairs in the bedroom, but I have it too. I, I mean, it's 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 with age, it's turned yellow, which they which they do. Mine did uh, not. Mine did not. But I've kept it. I've I, I've kept it in a case and like. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it's only hooked. It's only hooked up what it needs to be, but it's kept in a case for the most part. Mine's, mine's always hooked up. I have my games still. Mm-hmm. Um, I get a certain feel out of playing it through that. I do feel that when I play the SNES Classic, to be honest, though. Okay, I do too. It's, it's, I love my SNES I play it all the time still. It's good to... I'm playing Final Fantasy on it. Uh, you are. You're playing Final Fantasy 3. So for revisiting the classic, you're actually playing the original Final Fantasy 3, whereas I'm playing Final Fantasy 6 on Steam. So that's cool. I, 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 get the, I get a good factor to play it like that, but like I, I don't have an NES Classic. I wish I did. Uh, I would probably enjoy playing it that way, but... These these compilations, I'm not against. I'm not 100 against them, but I'm, I'm definitely not 100 for them. I, I'm very wishy washy on it because I would love. To, I would love the feeling because I, I still have my Sega. I haven't hooked it up. But I still have my Sega. I, I would love. The I don't have my Sega anymore. I, I wish I did. I don't know what happened to it. I lost it at some point. I mean, Sega was probably one of my favorite systems of all time. The Genesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, are are you for the method of just putting out compilation discs? Yep. I am. You are? I am because obviously it's cheaper and um, it's it's less clutter sitting around. It's less stuff sitting around, you know, taking up space on the desk. I would have preferred Nintendo to release the NES Classic Games as a compilation cartridge for the Switch. I would have preferred the SNES Classic Games as a compilation on a cartridge on for the Switch. When they do the N64, I prefer it on the Switch. Um, they could still make it look, you know, this goes back to the Sega, uh, the Sonic... Um, Oh, what was that called on the GameCube? The Sonic Mega Collection, I think it was called on the GameCube, uh, where it was all the Sonic games. I mean, they yeah. they make it look like the Genesis. I mean, like you have some stuff there and there, but it's still running on a current platform. So, I like that idea. At the same time, I get why some people, like yourself, prefer the actual things because okay, that SNES Classic I have sitting right over there hooked up to my TV. That's going to still be there in 10 years, be able to play this. The Switch is not going to be the main platform anymore in 10 years. The Nintendo will have moved on to something else within 10 years, and whether it be another hybrid system or whether it be a traditional home console or whether it be a traditional handheld. They will move on to something else. So at some point, the Switch will be outdated, and the Switch will get unplugged. The Switch will get packed away. The Switch will get put in a closet somewhere. And in order to play those games, you would have to either have Sega port or, or Nintendo port those games to the next gen, the next platform of game, or the next pl- um, platform of console generations, or dig out your consoles and play it again. Like if I wanted to play the Sonic Mega Collection, I'd have to dig out my GameCube. What the GameCube's not digging out; it's hooked up in the living room. But I'd have to, you know, uh, pl- pl- play that on my GameCube. So I get why some people would prefer having an actual SNES Classic box, exactly. I mean, and, and my SNES Classic box is right there behind me. So I mean, I have one. 
But um, and I'm buying Indiana's Indiana's classic this summer when they re-release them for the for the, and I know you are too. We're just well, waiting. Why? We're just waiting for pre-orders to pop up if they do pre-orders. But if not, we're waiting for them to go live from on sale because we're both ordering one. We both want to have one of those because we don't have one. Neither one of us do. But um. I, I get that side of things too, but in my personal opinion, I would rather have the the ease of a cartridge on the Switch or the ease of a disc for the PS4, play it on that because it's one less thing hooked up that I have right now, and it's one less thing taking up space. Um, and as long as they see, but I'm also under the impression, and I, I'm also under the belief that if I buy the Sega Genesis Collection when it comes out on May 29th, if I buy that for the PS4, or if I buy that for the I almost should buy it for PC because I don't have to worry about it. And that kind of makes my, my argument, um, my argument, a, a very invalid because if I buy it on PC, I'll always have it. So I may just buy it on PC. Um, but, uh, if I, and I think I actually am going to now that I said that if I buy it on, if someone buys it on PS4 or they buy it on Xbox one, or when it does come to the switch, if it does come to the switch, if they buy it on the switch, when the next platform comes out, whether that be from Sony, Microsoft or Nintendo, Sega should allow you to transfer that to the next platform. And that's what I, that's how I feel about that. It'll never, it'll never happen. It'll never happen, but that's how I feel that should happen. Because you know what, I, I bought the Sega Classics mm-hmm. for PS2. I bought them for PS3. I buy them. Right. I, I, I I love the Sega games, but mm-hmm. I don't want to keep buying these Sega games. I really, like well, when you went through the list, uh-huh. I was like, yep, you hit all the heavy hitters. There's yep. only a few missing. Uh, yep. And those are those games will be in there. Nothing new is happening here. They're just going to add achievements. That's all. Right, 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 right. So I think I will buy this on Steam because that way that'll ensure I always have it. I mean, Steam Steam is the platform for PC. PC gaming's not going anywhere, even though it is very difficult to get into right now because of the bit, you know, the uh, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Ethereum mining, causing the GPU prices to still be skyrocketed. They have not came down at all since we reported on it on the Max Level Podcast weeks back. Still waiting for them to come down. I'm hoping... I'm obviously not going to be able. To, I don't have the money to jump into the new um, to the new GPUs uh, that Nvidia is going to be releasing probably in April or May. So I'm hoping by next year I'll be able to jump in immediately because when they come out, when Nvidia puts out the founders copy, the founders editions of the of the the, the new uh, GPUs in a few months, they will be regular price because they won't have had a chance to skyrocket yet. Um, oh. So you right now you really do have to jump on day one ish, as you like to say. Um, to for the for these GPUs to get them at the price that they should be purchased at, so that kind of sucks. So I'm I'm still hoping that cryptocurrency crashes at some point so that these GPUs come back down. Um, but it just oh, hasn't happened yet. You don't, you don't want cryptocurrency to crash, okay? Because your boy has a lot of his savings in Bitcoin right now. No, you don't. <laughs> I'm investing in World of Warcraft gold. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, no, man, I, I, I do think obviously Steam is going to be the platform of choice still for PC gaming, probably for the rest of forever. I mean, Valve has a good thing going with Steam. Steam is not going to go anywhere, at least to my knowledge and what I understand about Steam. It's not going anywhere. So uh, I think that uh, I will buy the Sega Genesis Classics version on the you know, Steam. So that way, regardless, you know, if I buy a, you know, if I rebuild my PC and, you know, 20 years from now, I want to play it, I'll still be able to play it. And uh, if Steam does go away, it's very easy to make your games playable outside of Steam with a few tricks. But uh, I'm only, you know, that that would be only done if Steam were to stop functioning. But, um, you know, I I do know people that 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 have done that and, and, and it does work. So hopefully Steam never goes away. But if it does, at least it doesn't take much to make your games playable outside of Steam. So but is what it is. Um. But again, I see both sides to the coin. I'm just on one side. I knew you'd be on the other. So, 
And I just wanted to talk about that briefly because I, I, I think that's I think that's an interesting concept. And I think that's going to be something that we're going to see move, obviously more more in the future as now that Nintendo has you know hit a craze with these classic editions, more and more people are jumping on. We talked about it in a one of the original episodes of the Max Level Podcast, the Commodore 64 Mini. That's still coming. I think it's coming later this year, early next year. Uh, and I'm going to buy that sucker, dude. I'm buying that. I want yes. a little mini comedy Commodore 64. So hell, hell yes. But at the same time. If they put that on the PS4, Steam, or Xbox One, or P- on or the Switch, I'd probably buy that over the the actual thing just to take take up space. But they're not going to. They're actually releasing the little box, and that's fine with me. But uh, you talked about maybe Pirate Adventures earlier, so let's move into Retro Game Rewind because I have yeah. a feeling that's what you were talking about. Um, I also knew we were going to talk about the Sega Genesis, so okay, okay, okay. I made sure that I picked a game from back in the past. That truly sucked ass. This could this could this this could probably go for a good game, bad game. Okay. Uh, pirate themed. Uh, I want to take you back to the land of 1993. Okay. Okay. If you remember at this time, everything was mascot, mascot, mascot. You had Sega with Sonic the Hedgehog, Mario for Nintendo, Crash Bandicoot. Uh, that wasn't Crash Sp- Bandicoot yet. I'm just throwing people out. Th- or Spyro yet? Yeah. You're you're about four. You're about three years too early for those two. <laughs> Which this is, this is, everyone was trying to get themselves a, a mascot. So, Seven sure. Up had cool spot. Okay. Okay. There you go. There you go. That's the right time period. All right. Uh, so this little company that I have grown to hate and okay. despise. Okay. And wish they would die. Called Data East. Ah, tag team wrestling. <laughs> They're like, we need a new mascot, and they put out this game called High Seas Havoc. I have not even heard of this. I have rented this game multiple times trying to beat it. Okay. Not a horrible game. I'm this what, is nice, what, right? what is it on the SNES? It's on the Sega Genesis. Okay, 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 cool. Uh, I'm just preface this right now. Not a horrible game. Not a good game. Not a horrible game. Not a horrible game because this game is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Just stolen 100% in a pirate theme. Interesting. So, so pretty much what it is is you play. So it's as basically a, a reskin of Sonic Two. In a way, okay, okay, okay. The main character is name is Havoc. I see Havoc. Uh, he's a seal. <laughs> okay. He's an anthropomorphic seal. So okay. already we're going with the animal theme here. Okay. Uh, and he, and his, does, his, does, it, does it sound like Titus O'Neil? Well, speaking of Tide, Tide is the name of his sidekick. <laughs> Not Tide Pods though, right? No, not typhons. Okay. Although you kids don't eat those things, okay? No, don't eat those. They don't. From what I understand, they don't even taste that good. They look delicious though. Um, <laughs> neither here nor there. So the basic premise of the game, just kind of give you a quick little overview. What happens here is you are your havoc. They're tied your buddy. A girl washes up on the on the beach. Okay. Her name is her name is Bridget. She has a map and she goes. You got a high bee, the evil pirate Bernardo, who's a walrus. Uh, he, he's, your, he's your Robotnik, if you will. Okay. Uh, is try, is, uh, this map leads to this this ultimate power, this, this source, the living gem known as Emerelda. Esmeralda. Names. Esmeralda. Yeah, Emerelda. I know, but Esmeralda. Exactly. So, <laughs> so, 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 so he takes, so, so her, him, so Havoc and Tide hide her. She gets kidnapped. That brings your whole story, trying to save her kind of deal. So, okay. Okay. Very, very much like Bowser stealing. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you play through the game and it just on, on first looks alone, it's Sonic the Hedgehog. Sure. Um, 
you know, you run fast, you jump, you collect. Uh, instead of coins, they're, they're little diamonds. Uh, you don't do a spin dash, but you do a little kick in the air kind of thing. And, and, and so that, that, that's how you attack, or you jump on their heads. Every two level, so it's a level, and then, 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 then a second stage, so very much Sonic the Hedgehog again. Easy as hell. But it's, uh, but this is what Data East was known for. Data East was known for just ripping off other games and calling them their own. Wow, I'm looking at this. It really is Sonic 2. I, I, I should you know. So uh, I picked this game up because if you look at the cover, the cover looks pretty cool. The cover looks it's, sweet, dude. It's him running with a sword on a ship being chased by the walrus. Oh, sweet. I mean, yeah, you see this as a kid, you're like, okay, look at this. If I would have known, if I would have known what Data Ace was as a kid, because mm-hmm. once again, this came out in '93, I was 11 years old. I'm, I'm dumb. I'm just, yes, I'll play this game. Uh, my good man, here's my five dollars. Uh, I'm first surprised time I this, you don't like this game. It's not good. It's okay. really, really not good. This, this looks, looks like a total U game. I've never played it, it but I'm looking at pictures and this looks like a total U which, game. Which is which is why I rented it more than once. It yeah. looks good. It's just, it's not good. I, I rented, I, the only reason I rented it multiple the times. The cartridge like, looks like pure crap. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to beat the game. Okay. Uh, I, I knew it was a bad game after the first time I played it. Okay. But you just wanted I, to beat I, it. I, 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 I probably rented about three times because you only had time. My local video store, you had three days for a rental. Okay. So it took me good nine days to beat this game over and over a period of time just to get good at it because I don't believe there was a save system. There was no save system. Okay. Slick Sonic doesn't have a save system. Okay. Uh, just very third rate. Uh, but I, I begged my parents, begged my parents, they actually offered to buy me the game as a kid. Okay. And I'm like, and I'm like, nah, nah, nah. I'll just beat it from there. Like, so like, even as a kid, I knew like this was a steaming pile of garbage. <laughs> okay. Uh, one of the few times that no one wanted to play this game. Like, usually, if you write something, you know, my, you know, my sisters want to, you know, get their shot at it. Mm-hmm. They're like, nah, you're fine, you're fine, you're good. Um, so yeah, they, you you didn't make it into the story. Haha, <laughs> take that. Uh, they didn't finally make it into one of your retro game rewinds. Wow. Yeah. So, um. I still recommend just at least watching a YouTube video like Brian's, Brian did because it's not a horrible game. It's not mm-hmm. the worst. Mm-hmm. If I had to give it a 1 to 10, maybe like a 4.8. So okay. like a little less than a normal game. Okay. But if you're trying to establish a mascot in the series, mm-hmm. maybe ripping off a video game wasn't the smartest way to do that. Maybe sure. a, a put a little something something behind it yeah try to try to be a little bit more creative innovative yeah <laughs> yeah because there's there's literally parts where he runs through loops and like, <laughs> that's awesome uh when, when, when you beat certain enemies little, little creatures little, come little out creatures like, come out yeah <laughs> like, you made no effort whatsoever. that's why that's why it's on the genesis because they were trying to get it to they were trying to appeal to that crowd that's why it was only on the genesis it's, it's I know. Damn you, Data East. Mm-hmm. I, I hope you die. Mm-hmm. I was looking I up. I was looking up the composers. One of the composers was uh, Masaki Iwasaki, and uh, they uh, he he actually did Bad Dudes for Data East on the NES the, that 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 soundtrack. But funny enough, he also did the sound effects for Mother Three on the Game Boy Advance, and he also worked on uh, Super Smash Brothers Brawl on the Wii. So, 
Uh, that's the last game he did, though. So the last thing but he you, did was in uh, 20, 2008. But you do have a dark stain on your, on your your soul for High Seas Havoc. How dare you? Well, Bad Dudes isn't any good either. Mm, so it's not. It's that, not some bad stains on his soul. Bad, bad Dudes was also Data East, if you remember correctly. Yeah. Oh, boy. Boy, do they suck. So was Canarv. At least Canarv is, is, is their shining... Canarv is a, is a hidden gem on our video. That's their one shining beacon of hope. Yeah. In tag team wrestling. But that's your retro game rewind. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time to. Uh, high Seas Havoc. High Seas Yarr. Havoc, dude. Yar! But it's now time to kickstart me old heart. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kickstart me old heart. Pirate theme still. Pirate theme still. And, uh, do, you have, do you have a pirate theme Kickstarter? I don't, unfortunately. But I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know we were doing that theme. So unfortunately, I didn't. I didn't know we were doing that theme. But I like what I found. Ah, so, um, so, so this one here is obviously one of the things that we like here at Level Down Games is the retro wave and synth wave movement. Uh, obviously, '80s inspired stuff. So what I found was a board game, tabletop game. And what you're going to look for is Dinosaur Island: Back from Extinction. So this is a tabletop game with a very 80s and retro wave flair to it. And it looks amazing. So I had to pick this one. And it's actually still um, it's still being able to be pledged with 33 days to go. What? Look how much it has smashed its goal. So they were looking for $25,000 for this goal for this for this board game. It's sitting at $731,000 <laughs> with 33 days still to go. This just launched on Kickstarter, I think, a couple days ago, and it, it like it just exploded. I don't understand what's going on here. But uh, Dinosaur Island is the product of an insanely successful Kickstarter. Oh, it's an insanely successful Kickstarter last spring. We were lucky to have the backing of over 6,000 awesome fans worldwide. They released the retail edition in late 2017, and then something unexpected happened. It sold out instantly and started going for ridiculous prices on the secondary market. Then our backers started raving about the game online. Tom Vassell of the Dice Tower named it one of the top five games of 2017, and we were awarded with four Golden Geek nominations, including Strategy Game of the Year, Thematic Game of the Year, Best Artwork and Presentation, and Overall Game of the Year. It's been a wild ride for Dino Island since it was first unleashed on the world just a few months ago. Dinosaur Island has been sold out since about the moment it went on sale, and we've heard the constant calls to make the Kickstarter exclusives from the last campaign available again, and we've been listening. Dinosaur Island is a hot new game from designers Jonathan Gilmore, who did Dead of Winter, and Brian Lewis from Pandasaurus Games with amazing Technicolor, ridiculous 90s artwork from uh, Quanchi Moria and Peter Walken. It's for one to four players. It takes anywhere from an hour to about two hours to play, um, and it's obviously for anyone 10 and up. In Dinosaur Island, players will have to collect DNA, research the DNA sequences of extinct dinosaur species, and then combine the ancient DNA and the correct sequence to bring these prehistoric creatures back to life. Dino Cooking! All players will compete to build the most thrilling park each season and then work to attract and keep alive the most guests each season that the park opens. Do you go big and create a pack of velociraptors? They'll definitely excite potential guests, but you better make a large enough enclosure for them and maybe hire some, a lot, of security. Or will, or they will break out and start eating your guests. <laughs> and we all know how that ends. You can play it safe and grow a bunch of herbivores, but then you aren't going to have the most exciting park in the world. So maybe buy a roller coaster or two to try and attract guests to your park to pay, for, you know, the good old-fashioned way if you're if you're going to go the uh, the safe route. Um, so that that right there, it, that's why this game is doing so well because it's a it's um, a different it's back from extinction. So it's the extreme edition 
of Dinosaur Island, which already was released, the Totally Liquid Expansion Pack, and the Dulasaur Island 2 player game. So that's why this is doing so well, because Dinosaur Island already exists, and I didn't know that. They're close to hitting every single stretch goal, too. They've already hit every single stretch goal. There's 740,000 is the last one, so we're about $9,000 away from the final one. Uh, what is the... Oh, 740,000 is a baby Pterodon mini meeple, which looks pretty cool. Um, they're adding... That will the, happen, the, it will happen. They're consistently adding more. Like, if you look through all their stretch goals, they they just they do another one for 20,000 more. So after they hit the 740,000 one, they'll probably release something else for 760,000. Like, if you scroll back through their stretch goals, there's, there's yeah. 20,000 difference between all of them. So it looks like they started doing that at 500,000. And then they just have been doing it ever since. So, um, you know, they did have some good stuff. They they have replacement boards, meeples, new tiles, uh, blueprints, researchers, dice. Uh, they've, they've got some cool stuff in here, dude. And, the, and I, the reason I picked this is because of the art. Like, this is just really, really oh, yeah. cool. And I, I, I definitely would like to pick this up. And I would love to play this. I think this looks really fun. Um... It's very much, it's very much Retrowave. It's very much Synthwave. I mean, they did say 90s, but this looks totally 80s to me, too. So they, they said 90s art style, but this looks totally 80s to me. Retrowave spilled into 90s a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, but like early 90s. Yeah, early 90s, yeah. early 90s. Um, but but we're not going to go too in-depth with this just because I don't really know how to really go too in-depth with a tabletop game that I've never played. So uh, obviously with a video game, I can just read descriptions and that kind of stuff. But here... Um, you know, I can't. Sure, are you, oh, you're going to follow it? Follow mm -hmm. Okay. So how much do you have to pledge in order to actually get a copy of the game? So if you pledge $35 or more, you will get the Duelistor Island Extreme Edition, which will be the brand new standalone two-player game. Uh, it'll include that, um, all unlocked Duelistor Island stretch goals and custom dice. For $45, you will get Dinosaur Island Totally Liquid Extreme Edition, all of the stretch goals for that, a fifth player to Dinosaur Island, blueprints, the park expansions, PR events. So $70 or more includes Dulosaur plus Totally Liquid. Um, $85 is the Dinosaur Island Extreme Edition, which includes like VIP meeples, hooligan meeples, some purple custom dye. Uh, for $110 or more, you get the base game plus Dulosaur Island. So you'll get the, the Extreme Edition plus the new, the, the new game's Extreme Edition. Um, yeah, it looks like to get everything, the highest stretch goal is 150, and that's for everything, all extreme editions for every game. So it's definitely not a cheap game. But then again, tabletop games aren't cheap in general. Like I know, I've, I've, I've backed one that was pretty expensive before. Yeah, ta tabletop games are not cheap because a lot of the art and stuff that they do for these, they're they take time and they have to. I mean, they're, they're expensive. So like, if you look at like. You know, um, some of these games that are sold in Walmart or Target or on, like, Amazon. Some of these in popular games, like uh, Time Stories or other stuff, 40 50 60 bucks per, per, per game. So, yeah, small, small, small world costs you 50-something bucks. Yeah, so 150 bucks for three actual full things because you're, you're getting three full games. Um, that's actually not bad, 50 bucks a game. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Um, it's more than I can afford right now, but it's not bad for those that can't. So check out this project, man. It's It's got 33 days to go on Kickstarter. That's called Dinosaur Island Back from Extinction. This is going to be something that I definitely want to play at some point in the future. But uh, I'm not going to be able to jump in right away just because I can't afford it right now. 
but this looks so cool to me. Like, just, just I, I, I wanted to pick something different this week. Um, I didn't realize this was a re-release of a game that already came out, though, but I'm glad I still picked it because it's definitely Retro Wave, definitely Synth Wave, and I wanted to kind of highlight something like that. But uh, it's now time... <laughs> for a little are you afraid of the dark and i got something good this week i got i get something good every week uh we're, we're getting some good feedback on are you afraid of the dark a lot of people i like how you always put your hoodie up every time it's time for are you afraid of the dark but uh it's the, this, it's the hide my fear it's the hide the fear uh, this one here, though, we're, we got another creepypasta because a lot of people are liking the creepypastas. But I went different with this one. I went different. So this is this is very unique. So submitted for the approval of the Level Down Games Society. I call this story. Actually, I'm just actually repeating the name of the story. But I call this one The Tale of Abaddon Tenebrae. Abaddon Tenebrae. I'm not crazy. I know I have said it a million times to my doctors, my parents, my friends, but I have to keep saying it until I'm sure that nobody will help me. In this moment, I'm in a cell with soft walls. Everything is light green, the bed and its sheets, the door. There isn't any other furniture. If I have to go to the bathroom, I have to call a nurse. Way over my head, there is a small window where sunlight enters and sometimes the sounds of the streets. Besides that, I'm alone, very alone. My parents don't come as often to see me. My friends are the same story. I'm writing this with a pencil Dr. Garcia forgot. I hid it under my pillow. It also took me a few days to gather six napkins where I'll write my story. When I'm done, I'll fling them through the window. You, whoever you are, dear reader, will pick them up, put them in order, read them carefully, and if you decide to believe me, you'll help me. You'll be kind enough to come to the hospital, talk to the doctors, and tell them I didn't invent a thing, th that the game does exist, and that I must finish it, or in a few days, they'll have to bury my empty and punished body. Everything started the afternoon my friend Humphrey obtained a CD with a game called Abaddon 1. How he got it is a mystery to me. He said that it was among pirated copies of some DVDs his sister bought, although the CD of the game was original. The point is that when I played it for the first time, my life changed for the worse. G uh, G Gerard, you have to see this, Humphrey called to me. What is it? A new game. It is... It's... I can't even explain it. I'm doing my homework, man. Tell me what it is or I won't go. Then don't come. I should have done that. I should have finished my homework. After a few minutes of trying to concentrate, I gave up. I grabbed my jacket and got to his house at the other side of the street. What is it about, I asked when I sat with him in the front of the computer. He didn't even need to explain. What I saw was stunning. That was the end of the first napkin. The screen of the computer showed our street. Everything was on fire. The houses, the cars, the gardens. Everything was exactly as the real street. Hundreds of black demons were flying over the destruction. There was many corpses on the pavement. I even recognized some as my neighbors. But how, do you, how did you... How, I don't... I tried to ask. Don't ask me. Humphrey was trying to kill demons using the spacebar of his keyboard. He moved the shotgun left and right with the arrow keys and fired blue rays. The demons were disappearing, yes, but many others kept appearing in the sky. They were like furious gargoyles. Humphrey got out of our street and continued to kill demons in front of a supermarket. Then the clouds opened and a new demon appeared. This time, it was red and humongous. This is the bad guy of the level, he said. It's a tough boss. I saw Humphrey fighting until he lost all his lives and the known words appeared, game over. This is awesome, I said. Why does it look so real? I don't know. I just wrote my name and birthday. I took the keyboard. When the mouse, With the mouse, I clicked on New Game. 
Then effectively, there was a space to write the full name. I did it and pressed next. It asked me for my birth date. I wrote it and the game processed the information. Finally, the loading bar disappeared and a new image appeared, this time of a sheet of parchment with an elegant calligraphy. Gerard Manrick, United States of America, Tennessee, Nashville. Libra with Pisces Ascendant, 4698-131. Wow, awesome, I exclaimed. Shut up and keep going. Press enter. The typical license agreement appeared, that part where it says that one shouldn't copy the software and all that kind of stuff. Press that you agree, Humphrey indicated me. I did. The game started. It was curious that the character was standing just in front of the door of my house. This is really awesome, I said. A demon appeared flying over me, and I shot it. Then another. And then another. The best thing is that one felt the urge of killing them. Our neighbor Lillian entered the screen with her bike. A demon went towards her, and I killed it. But then more and more approached until I couldn't save her. Poor Lillian. Cal calcinated in the middle of the street. It didn't take long before I died, which was like five minutes, but it was still an excellent game. The best scores appeared. Humphrey Gordon, 4604-7 in the first place, and Gerard Manson, 4698-131, almost in last. What are those numbers? I don't know. I guess the game invents them. This is like Google Earth, like watching your house from space, isn't it? Yes, I think they used the map to make a copy of every street in the world. It's pretty cool. My palms were sweating. This was, by far, the best game I had ever played. Humphrey had a hunch of what I was thinking in that moment. The math exam, he suddenly said. What? I made a copy of the game for you, but its price is the math exam. You'll give me your answers. Deal. After I exited his house, there was only one thing that centered my attention. Lillian was with her bike. I had goosebumps, and she was in the exact place where, in the game, the demons had attacked and turned her into ashes. It was nice to see her alive and playing, though. And that was the end of the second napkin. I immediately inserted the disc in my computer, and although the game asked for information again, the license agreement did not appear. I didn't care about that. I played until near midnight, because I still couldn't believe how good it was. I had explored every place of the neighborhood. I even entered my school and shot the demons from there. The red demon always appeared, and I always fought him, but I lost every time. Gerard, you better not be playing! Mom's voice made me finally turn off the computer and go to sleep. The next day after school, I played again, and the situation repeated every day until the weekend. The problem is that I couldn't kill the red demon with anything, not even locking myself in my room for the whole Saturday and Sunday. I started to suspect that the game had only one level. Monday, I told that to Humphrey once he, I saw him in school. I don't play it anymore. I got bored of it, he said. Besides, I have been feeling sick lately and the computer gives me headaches. I was disappointed. It wasn't a common game and Humphrey was my only friend. I had to play it by myself, but there was something more I wanted to ask him. Lend me the original disc. Why, he said, holding his belly and looking to the sights with anguish. Looking to the sides with anguish. It seemed like something in the environment caused him fear. I want to find information on the internet. I can't defeat the I can't defeat the devil and I'm desperate. It has been a whole week and I can't get past it. In the afternoon, I went to his house for the disc. My friend was really sick. He had a fever and his eyes were bloodshot. You should go to the hospital, I told him. I did, but the doctor said that I'll be fine because uh, soon because I'm not sick. He gave me the disc and left me alone. The truth is that there wasn't much on the disc. It had Abaddon 1 on top, Tenebrae on the bottom, and a sequence of numbers and letters in the middle. 4QRTPP. No trademark or creator. I started to feel that there was something wrong. In Google, I searched for Abaddon 1. There were a lot of results of a rock band that was called that, Abaddon. Then information about Abaddon, boss of the demons of the Seventh Hierarchy, also known as the Exterminator. But nothing about the game. I searched for Tenebrae, and the only thing I learned is that it is something that is used to make games when you're on, where you're on the character's point of view. As a last option, I searched the letters and numbers. Nothing appeared. I went to bed, thinking that soon I would get tired of the game. End of the third napkin. 
The next day, our teacher gave us the bad news. Almost everyone cried and I couldn't believe it. I had been in his house less than a day ago. I had many things that he had let me when we were young kids and I never bothered to return. His Max Steel figure, some Yu-Gi-Oh cards, his marble collection. It was impossible. After school, I ran to his house, but nobody opened the door. Mom later told me that everyone had gone to the funeral. She asked me if I wanted to go, but I was too shocked. I denied the offer and she understood. Looking for something to distract myself, I decided to play the game we had enjoyed in the last week, but it was worse in the long term. I still wasn't capable of killing the demon, so it made me sadder. Then I suddenly had the idea of searching everything in Google. Abaddon 1 Tenebrae 4QRTPP. There was only one result, a page in Romania. It had .ro at the end, which is how I knew. That only had a line of white text over a black background, an email account. I couldn't resist anymore. I booted my email account and sent a message to that person. It was a very short message. I want information of Abaddon 1. In that moment, I looked through the window. Humphrey's parents were returning to their house. They were dressed in black and they were crying. I felt terrible. I didn't know a 13-year-old boy could die so fast. When I returned to the computer, there wasn't any reply from the email account. I started to play another game. I started to play other games, racing games, and civilization. Three days later, I played Abaddon again. Then I found a horrible detail. It was like the fourth time I started the game. In the window of Humphrey's room, in the virtual house of the game, I saw a boy's face. A sad boy that never stopped looking at me. I keep looking at that image. I kept looking at that image until a demon attacked me with its fire and I died. When the game over words appeared, I closed the game. My heart was beating too fast. When Abaddon closed, a notification told me I had many unread messages. I wanted to distract myself with my messages, but it was impossible. Between two unread messages, there was one that came from the Romanian account. I clicked it. Now it wasn't just under about understanding the game, about defeating the demon and that stuff, but now I also had to understand what I had seen. The information is on the cross. That was the whole message in Spanish, my mother language. I didn't understand its meaning. There were no crosses in the game unless I had underestimated the software from the beginning and it were an adventure type of game and not just an action game. I probably had to explore more to solve some riddle to interact with other characters. I decided to try again and do the only thing that seemed logical, run towards the nearest church. I tried not to counter the demon. I tried not to encounter the demons. I focused on running. However, once I approached the church, I noted that I was constantly repelled, like if it had a force pushing me out. I waited until I was killed by in the, by the fire. Nothing else happened. I turned off the computer and looked through the window. I observed Humphrey's window at the other side of the street. The curtains didn't move. His bed was spotless. I went to sleep, but during that week I had horrible nightmares, and every time I woke up from, from one of them, I couldn't avoid running to the window and look at the other side of the street. I was sure I would see the eyes of a sad boy that used to be my partner in football games and video games. And that was the end of the fourth napkin. A few days later, my parents noted that something wasn't right. What is Regnat Abaddon? Mom asked after dinner. Why? I asked, fearful. I didn't even know what that meant. Because you have yelled that several times in your dreams, son. Did you see any scary movies recently? Or is it related to Humphrey? I didn't know what to say, but I noticed I couldn't let this pass. I went to my room and broke the original disc, and then I did the same with my copy. And when I was about to uninstall the game from my computer, I understood. I started the game. I couldn't avoid looking at my friend's house in the screen. His face seemed like he wanted to say something from afar, but it was obvious that it was impossible. The demons started their attack, and I did the only thing I knew I had never done before. I opened the door before behind me and entered my house. I was scared. Everything inside the house was identical to my real-life house. It was even dark, so I walked through the hallways to the stairs. I noted that behind the door of my room, somebody was playing with the computer. As you may imagine, I decided not to enter, and I, in the real life, decided not to look towards the door. Then, inside the game, I went to the only cross in my house, the one that is in my parents' room. 
There, in front of it, the secret was revealed. Bright blue letters was floating in front of it. The first number is the distance from the darkness to the day of the contract. The second number is the day from the day of the contract to the darkness. When Abaddon is defeated, the original date is returned. That was it. That was all. I started. I stared at the message for such a long time, trying to figure out its meaning, that I almost didn't see the bow underneath the cross. A shiny blue bow with only one arrow. I knew that with that arrow, I could defeat Abaddon. I looked at the clock in the, in the computer. It was half an hour past midnight. How did I spend so long on this? What contract? What was that about the darkness? I left the computer and ran towards my parents' room. They were sleeping. There wasn't anything under the cross, nor any words hovering over it. I started crying. Son, are you okay? Mom asked. She had awoken. Yes, Mom. I just had another bad dream. And that was the end of the fifth napkin. I returned to my room, but heard my parents' conversations clearly worried. In the screen, one of the demons had entered the house, killed me, and destroyed the bright bow. Game over, the red letters over the black background announced. The next day, I didn't want to go to school. I told mom I didn't feel well. I spend the day entering, entering into the game and returning to the cross. The bow wasn't around, nor was Humphrey's face. The demons kept attacking me as a routine. I didn't feel like defending. Very upset, I messaged the email account from Romania. I only got a reply when, in my query, I added the words that the game had given me. Libra with Pisces Ascendant 4698-131. You're so young, Libra, the owner of the account replied in the first message. How did you know? I'm almost 14, I responded. The first number separates you from the first darkness. That means the number of days since your birth, it replied in the second message. I almost faint. I almost fainted. It wasn't hard to suppose what the second number meant. Humphrey had obtained a seven. I felt like crying. What is the contract? I asked. The starting clauses when you first played the, the starting clauses when you played for the first time. Didn't you read them? You liberated your original date for the one Abaddon would give you. My original date? The day of your death. Abaddon chooses another one to give some emotion to the game. When you defeat the exterminator, he gives you back your original date. And then the game is over. You're lucky, Libra. Not everyone has 131 days to defeat him. Then a demon entered through the window. It didn't attack me with fire. It just started to torment me crawling on my back and hurting me with its claws and its teeth. My screams alarmed my mother. Gerard, what is happening? Where does it hurt? The next day, I was brought here to this hospital room where at least the demons are not tormenting me. They only fly through the sky with their eyes on me. Sometimes, just sometimes, they peek through my window. I'm running short. If you think it's worth it, dear reader, make whatever you can so I'm allowed to go back to the game and finish Abaddon. I know I know there is some other cross with a bright bow so I can end it. I'm scared, I'm tired, and I feel alone. And that was the end of the sixth napkin. There was a group of six napkins found in the gardens of the Child Psychiatric Hospital and given by Dr. George Garcia, specialist, to the parents of Gerard Manrique a few days after his death. Notes. The, ex the existence of the game was never confirmed. The only known detail of the story is a strange conversation between the minor and a stranger in Romania via email. And the parents, about this fact, remarked that they ignored their son could write and read antique Latin. And that's it. That's the tale of Abaddon Tenebrae. That's freaky. It's crazy. And I want to play this game. I... Don't know that you should, dude, because apparently you could be just given seven days to defeat him, and if you don't defeat it within seven days, you're dead. I am the best video game player you've ever met. So it happened to that's what happened to poor Humphrey, man. He didn't he didn't do it in the seven days and he was killed. 130, 131 days Gerard had and he didn't make it. Because he was in the hospital. Everyone thought he was nuts. Give me five hours. That's all I need. Five hours? Five hours and, and uh the exterminator will be gone from the seventh layer of hell. That's some freaky stuff. It's cool, dude. It's cool. I like this one. I like this one a lot. 
This might be my favorite uh, creepypasta. I like this one a uh, lot. Uh, I think you should be doing these exclusively from now on. Just random stuff like this? <laughs> yes. This one's cool. This one was cool. This one was fun. But uh, that is going to bring us now to the close of the Max Level Podcast, unless you have anything else you wanted to discuss. I think we said it all, didn't we? All right. Well, we want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to this episode. And we also want to thank Dance with the Dead once again for the music. If you're interested in supporting us here at Level Down Games so we can continue to do what we love and bring quality content to you on a daily basis, remember that we have affiliate links in the YouTube description box on all of our videos and in the descriptions for our podcasts on podcast services, iTunes, and Google Play. we got Amazon, Technosport Gaming Chairs, Origin PC, and Razer. Supporting us through any or all of those affiliate links means the absolute world to us. If you enjoyed what we had to say and are watching us on YouTube, like, share, and leave a comment down below. If you're watching, if you're listening to us on either iTunes or Google Play, you can't watch us on there, but if you're listening to us on either iTunes or Google Play, remember to leave us a rating and a review if you haven't done so already. It definitely helps us in terms of search results. If you didn't like what we had to say, let us know that too. We always take the negative feedback alongside the positive. To stay up to date on all things Level Down Games, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow the main account over on Twitter at OriginalLDG. I'm at Brian underscore LDG. Frank is at the Frankosaurus. We're both on Instagram. I'm at Brian.LDG and Frank is at the Frankosaurus once again. We can be found on Facebook for general post information. And finally, over at Twitch.tv slash Level Down Games for all our live streams. Feel free to say hello when you drop on by. And remember, if you subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on Twitch, and leave us a review on iTunes, we will send you one, two, or maybe even more crappy Steam games from our ever-growing library of crappy Steam games. Doing all these things will ensure that you never miss an episode of Max Level, our video game podcast every Monday. Game Oracles, our video game trailer show every Tuesday. BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday. Glow, a podcast dedicated to professional wrestling every Thursday. And Revisiting the Classics, our weekly trip back to the past to play some retro games every Saturday. Plus, you'll have access to all of our video reviews, unboxings, Let's Plays, Top 10 series, reaction videos, and so much more. Of course, all this is also found on our main home on the internet, and hopefully yours as well, leveldowngames.com. Until next week, keep gaining experience until you reach max level. Yeah.